Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 319. I'm Dave. I'm here in the swamp with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you? Back on Friday nights, man. Yes, yes, yes. We've had a, we've good. Had a busy couple of weeks. Uh, either oh, you've been busy, I've been busy. Um, and I said to you, we have to do it today because I'm going away for the weekend. So Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm happy to be back on Fridays. It's my favorite. Um, look, I enjoyed Sunday for a change, but uh, Fridays is my natural... Um, Period, and it just feels good to be back in the swing. Uh, where are you headed off to, Rich? Uh, you know, where are you taking the uh, girlfriend we're to? We're just heading up to Canberra. We're going to go watch oh, a Final Fantasy uh, yeah. music concert. Oh, you mentioned this. Well, you can review this on the show next week, can't you? Mm. Yeah, uh, so it's basically okay. just like an orchestra or, you know, symphony, um, the Canberra Symphony Orchestra, whatever, playing uh, music from the Final Fantasy games and stuff. That'd be pretty cool, I imagine, especially for the fans, you know? Oh, yeah, I've been to a couple of these before, these sort of like, although this one is purely Final Fantasy, I've been to ones where they've done like a whole bunch of games, you know mm. what I mean? Like, I've always said there's nothing mm-hmm. there's nothing better than listening to old um, computer games, you know, like Mega Man, Mario, Tetris, yeah. and hear it being played by an actual, like, instrument, an mm. orchestra, you know, because back in the day it was just, you know, that... I've never heard thing. it. Like, I think it would be fascinating. Street Fighter, man. I used to love the fucking sounds on, like, Street Fighter versus, mm. um, you know, Marvel versus Capcom and all that kind of stuff. That was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's hard because games now, I mean, they're so high production and, the, you know, you've got the fucking, you know, almost like John Williams scores and the Zimmerman scores and all that sort of stuff going on in games now. But back in the day, you know, it was all 8-bit. It was all digital, like... Remember they used to, like, I remember the fucking, yeah, really basic, but cool. Well, that'll be cool. So it's a little little getaway for you, man. Uh, Go and check that out. I I know people, um, friends of mine, especially in the States, who went and saw the Lord of the Rings movies uh, with, like, an orchestra playing while they were watching the movie or something. Does that make sense? Oh, wow. Okay, that's interesting. Like, so, like, the extended thing's playing and they've got the orchestra doing the the sort of sounds or whatever. I don't know what they were doing. But, like, there was an orchestra playing while the movie was on. Which, I mean, honestly, to me, it feels distracting. But, you know, that's just me. Um, You know, it's for the novelty. Well, I mean, it's interesting. It's kind of like um, doing a movie version of, I guess, a play. Or you know, yeah. a, an opera or something. You know what I mean? Where so, is when you're watching live. it, will they be playing like scenes of the games, like cut scenes or something? Uh, they might. I mean, other ones I've been to have done that. Okay, but well, I don't you know can they, report. They might just have images or something like that. I don't know. You got to report back on this next week. You're, you're like a reporter, oh, yeah, dude. If you can get an interview with someone. Seriously, and record on your phone, man. Do it, dude. Like if you can. I'll do, but we don't have we don't exactly have backstage passes or anything, Dave. But mm. I'll do my best. Well, I mean, Jimmy Olsen had to start somewhere. You know what I mean? Like you know, and had he never to, achieved anything. So had to break the fucking story. Um, you know, obviously I'm lowest, man. He was, he was literally a photographer his entire life. He never got promoted once. He was the star photographer, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah but come on. He, he, well, he <laughs> like, wasn't writing articles. He was a photographer, from what I remember. 
Like yeah, yeah, but even a lot of photographers go on to like do bigger and better. Not hit, not Jimmy. Something like that. I don't know if he's even won a Pulitzer. Has he won a Pulitzer? Yeah. Jimmy Olsen. Lois has. Must, oh, he must have won a Pulitzer for his photos of uh, Lois the has. Surely. Well, let's type that into Google right now. Lois, I know Lois has. Lois yeah, has won. Yeah, but she won that for something else. It wasn't even Superman related. If has Jimmy Olsen won a Pulitzer? Can you win Pulitzers for photos? Yeah, I believe you can. Oh, maybe. That's, uh, some uh, some photographers who go behind lines. Well, and, what about and the death of Superman? The the famous death of Superman thing, probably. Yeah, he won. He won. Well, that's what I said. I think he won a Pulitzer for that. He must. Yeah, he did. It's got here. Yeah. Find out how Jimmy Olsen won his Pulitzer in this exclusive preview. So, yeah, he won a Pulitzer doing something. God knows what. Like, um, uh, which he won by taking a quick picture as he tripped over his shoelaces. So he was doing something zany. I believe it was something zany. <laughs> and, and has Lois Lane won a Pulitzer? She's won, I think, a few, man, probably over the, her long career, you know? Mm. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, she, I'm pretty sure she had won a Pulitzer before even meeting Clock. Well, yeah, she was She was a big name, wasn't she? Yeah, it was something to do with, like, a, a crime organization or something that she... Um... Intergang? Yeah, I don't know if it was Intergang, but it was definitely, like, some sort of, like, mafia. So it's the only good crime organization I know in Metropolis. <laughs> I just blame... Yeah, fair enough. They're, they're pretty big in the Superman <laughs> uh, world. Uh... Daily's Planet Star reporter Lois Lane was an article with Pulitzer Prize was an article published in a special edition of the Daily Planet in 20, 2006 to promote Superman Returns. Uh, the Daily Planet's editorial staff is tremendously proud of star reporter Lois Lane on the eve of winning her Pulitzer Prize, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she distinguished herself with a powerful editorial Why the World Doesn't Need Superman, published in the midst of Superman's five-year absence. What? Yeah, uh, that, that's from the movie, yeah. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Right, wow, we're getting our media confused. I was like, when was he away for five years? Like, seriously? It took yeah, five that's, years? yeah, that's from the Superman Returns movie that um, was supposed to continue the Richard Donner. Right, Superman. okay. Lois Lane has won two Pulitzer Prizes, a Writer's Digest Award, and numerous other awards. So there you go. She's um, she's won two, which feels, yeah. feels like... I've got a feeling... Uh, that famous photo of of Superman, you know, might have won an award. I feel in, in the in the comic universe. You know what I mean? The, on the death of Superman, there's like a famous photo. Is it Lois no, Lane? I'm sure, I'm sure, no, no. Well, Jimmy would have got probably the the Pulitzer for the photo. She may have got a Pulitzer for the, the an article written about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, well, the, the, what I'm trying to say, man, is these people should be inspirations to you and, and crack a fucking story down, man. And, like, if you see anything while you're on location in Canberra, man, uh, you know, definitely. I mean, yeah, but you, you've made some weird there. assumption that I want to be a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're reporting on the show. Dude, yeah. We're media I, man. I see myself as more of the anchor man, Dave. Like I'm your, I'm your anchor partner. I'm not, okay. I'm not the. Well, I've, I'm not the reporter. I'm a fearless reporter, man. You know what I mean? Like you know, truth to power and all that stuff. I'm still flying high off um, Rob Perlman last week, man. I, I'm that. I'm that. Uh, oh, fuck! What's that American dude that he's the meme where he goes, "Fuck it, we'll do it live." <laughs> <laughs> 
don't even know. And that's, and that's on camera, basically him doing that, and he didn't realize they're already live. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, <laughs> well, what else has been going on in your life this week, Richard? Have you got any big updates for, uh, for the fans out there, for the listeners? No, no. I mean, uh, Alicia is busy playing the new Pikmin 4 game at the moment, so she was excited oh. to get home with that. So, cool. Um, so I don't have to worry about her complaining that uh, the show's taking too long tonight. Cool. <laughs> Did you know that Margaret Kidder's death has been ruled a suicide? Wow. A result of self-inflicted drug and alcohol overdose. She had a troubled life, frankly. You know, she did. Well, I mean, technically, wouldn't technically any overdose be a suicide? Whether you intended it or not? No. No, no, because you didn't intend to suicide. Just you OD'd. Uh, yeah, but um, I mean, I could take a pill I don't right know, now. Man. I kind of feel like if you know the risk <laughs> of doing copious amounts of drugs and you die, I think that is suicide in my book. Like whether you meant sure. it or not, you philosophically. I mean, at the end of the day, you're dead. So what does it matter? But she had a troubled life, man. She was like very much, um, very much. Uh, you know, she struggled. I think money, struggled drugs, bipolar disorder, had a breakdown in '96, brief stint about homelessness. Um, but her final years were troubled by conflicts with people who were down in their luck that she took into a home. Between August 2016 and her death in May, authorities were called to her house 40 times on reports yeah. of people trespassing, theft, and other stuff. Why the fuck was she inviting these people in? Like, seriously. Like... Who, who can know, sadly? Well, what the fuck, man? Like, you don't... You know, I'm sorry if I sound like I'm in my ivory fortress here, but, like, it's called the Fortress of Solitude. He didn't invite people in. Did she miss that part of Superman? It wasn't the fortress. Of... He well, to be fair, he's invited a lot of people in over the years. So yeah, but like it's not much of a solitude anymore. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm. She had a troubled life. Let's face it. Uh, she was fantastic in those movies. Um, probably was a bit typecast. I don't remember doing much after them. You know, she was big in them, and she was good in them too. She wasn't just, you know, she, but. It feels like her career sort of stagnated following following those films. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, that's always been the problem with Hollywood in a sense that um, some people can just easily become typecast, uh, and others somehow manage to avoid it. Yeah, true. But I think it's more rare to avoid it. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially, especially in those days. Now it's not as now you almost see the same people in too many things. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, like. You see the same fucking face in so many franchises and shit. Which I almost like, dislike a bit. Uh, sometimes I'm a bit like, oh, yeah, okay, him again. You know, like... It, yeah, kind of, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're like, oh, fucking hell, this guy's in everything. Or, the, you know, like, Jesus Christ, I'm seeing this guy. You know, often, like, like, often given honest, it. You, you, you will see the Marvel people now in almost everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're just, they everywhere now. Um, but now, yeah, now it's a case of, like, uh, we're using the same people too often whereas before everyone was always going like oh no i can't have like the old line was, no i can't have superman in my movie oh i can't have luke skywalker in my in yeah. my movie because they if you become too big like it's almost like if your breakout hit is like something phenomenal yeah uh or super reliable they literally don't want you in their movie because they're like oh, i don't you know as i said like um the the, the biggest one i know of is uh mark hamill uh. was doing the broadway production of amadeus Okay. Um, and he was brilliant in it. I believe it was like nominated for Tonys and shit and all that. Right. And they were doing the live. They were going to do the live action mm. um, 
version of that and you know the people were like pushing for mark hamill they're like man he's brilliant and basically the one of the uh, the producers were like we're not putting luke skywalker in the movie mm. and it's like but he is already amadeus like he's wow i can be doing it on broadway yeah but again no they were just like nope he's luke skywalker we're not putting him in the movie to typecast. He did struggle so, with yeah, typecast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Mark Hamill was definitely, you know, um, that's why I said, I think, um, that's why I sound to get a little bit annoyed with um, with Harrison Ford sometimes, like right. with his attitude, because I don't think he realizes, he owes a lot of his success to Spielberg, right? Because George Lucas was not going to put him in the movie. He was not going to make him Indiana Jones. Right. Because he was like, no, he's Han Solo. Yeah, Tom he's Selleck was going to be Indiana Jones, but couldn't do it due to Magnum, I believe. Yeah, I know. But uh, Spielberg was the one who was really pushing for Harrison Ford. Right. George was against it. Okay. Because George was like, no, I've cast him as Han Solo. He's Han Solo in my other movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. And Spielberg pushed really, really hard. And then obviously when Tom Selleck put it, he pushed even harder and he did it. And I think that is what really made Harrison Ford's career. Oh, definitely. Obviously, even more than Han Solo. Well, it but made him a multi-threat. He could have. He could have quite easily as well just has been typecast as I'm not putting Han Solo in a movie. Could have, but a very solid actor. Uh, I don't no, know. No, but I'm just saying, I think Good he looking. owes a lot to Spielberg for pushing so hard. Also comes down to looks. He's a lot he better looking. What's that? Oh, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree that that looks. It definitely helped, though. It definitely helped to have a massive hit in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, around the same time, I mean, I don't know, the ex- as Empire Strikes Back, they were very close together, and they were both huge. And, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that that franchise set him up for the domination that he then went on to in the 80s and 90s, you know. I mean, personally, I think that's why he said, listen, you need to kill this character off. I think it was more selfish reasons of he was like, I definitely don't want to be typecast. As, oh, as no, I think he's been open about that. I I actually think he's been pretty open about his. his no, but at you know, the time he he put it, he was saying it of like you know there has to be, um, uh, what did he say? There has to be consequences, or there has to be you know what I mean? Like yeah. it can't all just be happy, whatever. You know, someone has to raise the stakes. Someone needs to die to raise sure. the stakes, which is why. But I think secretly he was uh, yeah. Now he admits it now, but at the time he was like, mm. I don't want to be. <laughs> You know what I mean? I want to move on to other things. Oh, he was desperate to get out of Star Wars. I mean, he wanted to die in the uh, Return of the Jedi um, opening, didn't he? You yeah, because he was kind of like, can we finally just fucking kill this character, please? Well, Which, he, you know what? Yeah. He, hindsight's twenty twenty. You're not getting that many parts now, Harry. <laughs> yeah, but dude, he's almost retired now. Like, I think but he's I'm saying, okay. Like, it's not like he was getting, you know, like, he, I think he wanted to hope that Indiana Jones was a thing, but... Uh, I think this box office showing that, you know, but now he's also killed the, the Star Wars goose because his character's dead, so... Yeah, that's really but dude, somehow I think he's fine. Like... Oh, no, I know he's fine. But look, <laughs> but also as an actor, you still want to act. I don't think... I, I, yeah. I mean, certain actors, they get to the point where they're like, you know what, I just want to, you know, like... I think that's why we give, like, Nicolas Cage and um, uh, Bruce Willis sort of a hard time, but I think they just... I think they just like being in movies. Yeah, I, I get always got the feeling with Harrison Ford, at least based on... I mean, I, I heard a long interview with him a few years ago. It was around the time of Force Awakens. And it, it was probably just before or just after Force Awakens was announced. And he was pretty open about everything. And he said, look, where I am right now, you know, I'm moving into character parts. You know, my leading 
man mm. days essentially are, you know, if not over there on their last thing, he was very matter-of-fact about the whole thing. Like, he's he's very, in a way, quite a measured person, I think, really. I think he's, he's a bit less... I, I think there's a little bit less desire in him than in a lot of actors. And don't forget, he did dominate for a long time. So he had a long, long run of just Yeah, but that's what I mean. Hits, I think you, know. you dominate for so long, but then you get older and you realise, I still want to be doing movies. Yeah. Well, he's done you know, a fair bit of TV. I'm not going to be getting the leading parts now. I'm not going to be the yeah. the main character. But I still, you know, I mean, I that's been my life. I still want to do movies. And I'm just saying, I think it was a bit short-sighted of him to mm. to, to kill off the Han Solo character since he's not really going to be getting that many offers, mm. even for the Elder Statesman. But like I always think he's almost, like, if, dude, he's almost retired. He's in, um, he's playing, um, uh, what's his name? Thunderbolt Ross. In something. Yeah, but that's because I think he's looking. He wants to, you know what I mean? I think he's actively looking for more movies. I'm just saying. Well, I guarantee I, you his I, agent is... He's looking. Yeah, he's looking. I mean, it's, I'm it's just like... Saying, I thought now, right now, hmm. if you look at, like, he's not been in that many movies, I think asking to kill Han Solo was probably, sure. in hindsight, not the best idea. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But you know what? I'd like to. I'd love to know how much he got paid for Force Awakens because I guarantee it was a fucking fortune. You know, to to come back and do that role. And I mean, it was a very poor script. You know, really. But I I would love to know the number. Like what what the number was on that. You know. Um, well, another another friend of mine and I we were discussing this. We were actually going through. We were actually just kind of making a list of like. Right now, all the franchises that have been ruined, and what what I mean by ruined, I mean the original people stopped working on them mm. or are no longer involved, and the people that have taken over and they've basically like uh, kind of screwed them up, kind of gone to the point where people don't like or don't rate the stuff anymore. So obviously, um, Halo is a big one in in like the game industry. <laughs> yeah. also, what what brought this up was we were talking about Gears of War. And that's another franchise where they decided to continue the games, but they wanted to bring in newer characters. Mm. And what they did in four and five is they ended up started like dumping on the older characters and shitting on the older characters. You know what I mean? And so, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't know what it is. There seems to be this really weird thing where people want to continue a franchise, but they want to yeah. bring down the original characters. Or I know shit on mean. the original characters. Yeah, you know I what I mean? Know, and, yeah. and then we were like, shit, we realized that Gears of War actually before even Star Wars did that route and all that sort of stuff, and Indiana Jones, all of these franchises that continue with newer people, they just seem to want to... Although Gears of War 4 was a huge hit. I can't speak about 5, but I remember 4. That was a massive hit. Gears it of War 4. Wasn't, it, it did well because obviously Gears hadn't been around, but then people did complain about okay. um, how the older characters were used, and then 5 just jumped that shot. 5 like, definitely... Five definitely you know, um, no one liked fact that they, yeah. the the new main character that kate or whatever mm. and how they just like sh like really just shat on the older characters and it is funny you know, isn't I think, it i like, think people yeah. wanted to see the older characters explored more like yeah they still wanted more they of the did older characters. Uh, they I definitely did but it's so weird to me because i i get in i get in um cinema you know in movies i can understand that at least the argument for why you have to move ahead because if you take 30 years off a franchise like Star Wars, like everyone's old. You know what I mean? Like everyone is old. So 
I'm not saying they did it well or anything. I'm just saying I can understand it. But in a game, I'm like, uh, that's I'm like, God, if there's anything that could easily cover up, like the the sort of age factor, it's these games. Like, I mean, they're controlling the graphics, these voice actors, you know. But not just that. I mean, just um, have the guts to do your own thing and 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 set it further in the future. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, don't even, like, just leave the old characters. Like, honestly, at this point, mm. I think it's safer for people to just leave the old characters because, uh, I, I, let's be honest, nine times out of ten, they do a real disservice to the older characters. Like, just, you know what, go 20, 30 years in the future and mm. have it that they're not around, it's the grandkids or whatever, you know what I mean? It's a new I guess they're problem. scared of what happened with um, Mass Effect, which was a massively popular franchise, like, you know, and then no, they but, did that I last mean, game. At least that game only shits its own pants. Yeah, yeah, no, you know no, what but I mean? what I'm, they went new, and and I was one of the few people who bought it because I didn't hadn't read a review. Went to play it, <laughs> uh, you know, and and like I was like, this is okay, uh, you know, and I I didn't, you know, me, I, I didn't even get past Halle the start, and then apparently everyone hated it, and I was just like, oh well, that was money not spent well. But um, what I'm trying to say is they they tried to go. All new, and just everybody hated it. Like it was just hated. Oh yeah, but look, put it this way: even if they use Shepard and all that, people would have probably hated it anyway. But at least this way, they haven't. They didn't shit on the uh, original characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At least this way, your bad writing only affects your game. It doesn't True. retroactively affect the other characters. You haven't brought the other characters now, made it canon that they shit or they were terrible. Yeah, or, true. You know what I mean? Or, Good point. Man. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would prefer you do that because at least if you fail, you failed on your own merits and it's only your own new characters that... That's a good forward. point, man. Because, yeah, I, look, I have... Look, I'll tell you something. This is highly relevant. So, it's Michelle's mum's birthday tomorrow. Um, happy birthday, Marie. She does listen to the show. Happy so, birthday. Yep. So we were going to go to Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. We've been promising that we'd do it. We've been so busy with the house. But we were like, you know, fantastic. We're going to go see it. And then we went to look. And there's hardly any sessions. I mean, there are sessions left, but not many. And actually, Barbie is getting pumped hard along with Mission Impossible. And both of which I'd be happy to see. Do you know what I mean? Like, like frankly. And... It's Marie's birthday, so it was her decision, and she said, "Oh, you know what? I've heard bad reviews about uh, Indiana Jones. Can we see Mission Impossible? Of course we can." But doesn't that okay? That you know, like that tells you that that movie just bombed. Like, and I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan, but I'll probably catch on streaming now. I mean, I I don't, you know, like I'm sort of like I feel like I feel almost bad for Harrison Ford, but like. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. I, it'll probably be better than the last one, but just the fact that that when the when the last one came out, before everyone kind of shit on it, there was so much hype, and everyone it felt like everyone went and saw it. Everyone was dying to see it. This one, it's like it came out. There was hype, but the second that the word of mouth went against it, it just it just fizzled. Like there was hype, and if it had been really good and people loved it, I think it would have been a big hit. But the, the word of mouth just killed it. You know, like instantly which tells me that the appetite also wasn't that strong like do you get the point i'm making rich like oh no i do but but you see the problem but it goes back to my problem is that i think that that so many old characters in whether it be games movies whatever have been ruined 
that mm. when they see Indiana Jones, I think most people automatically go, they're probably just going to ruin this character as well. Mm. And then when you start hearing some of the reviews where they say, you know, like, oh, he's, you know, he's fucking, you know, he's wasting away. He's a sad old man. And you're like, oh, it's that old traffic. That's an old that's decision. What yeah. All the fucking, you know, the, these new franchises or continuous in franchises, they've taken the old characters and just made them miserable, useless mm sacks of shit that sit, sit in their own filth kind of thing. You know what I mean? Which like, is bizarre. I, like, think, yeah. I think people are just over that, and I think just any hint of that, people just go, don't ever going to bother. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I just, it's so sad. Like, I don't understand why that's the go-to. You know, because it's so funny because you know what's, <laughs> what's so funny? Indiana Jones isn't even his real name. Is it, what is right? it? I, I, do, I forget what it was called. Oh, his name's Junior. So what was his father's name? Um, yeah, it's in it's in Last Crusade. They say it then. I yeah, think. yeah. Where they go, Indiana's the dog's name. So he, yeah, it's so the dog's name, name. is fake. So you could actually take the Indiana Jones character and kind of make him like the Phantom, where what? you could have had his son. No, I mean you could have had his son continue the legacy of uh, Indiana Jones. But I don't Jones. want that man. I want I wanted Harrison. I don't want the fucking new kid. Dave, fuck the new kid. Dave, I would much rather them do that. And if it fails, then that's the only failure. No, I, I don't want that. I fuck them. Fuck them. I don't want that. Fuck them. Look, I don't, but here's the thing, Dave. I don't mind them taking a risk like that. Because if it fails, okay, then that's a failure. And it doesn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't ruin the Harrison Ford character. And then they go, right, well, that's a failure. We're not going to do that again. Fantastic. But here's the thing. There's an outside chance it could be great. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I don't want it, It's man. a gamble that I think... I'm happy for them to take that gamble as long as they leave the Harrison Ford character alone. As long as they leave him alone, well, and but, they don't fuck around. But with in him. real, in real life, know. in real life, like outside of you know the continuity of the um, of the you know story in real life. I mean, it's been Harrison Ford that's been pushing for this movie to be made. I mean, he's the one who's with Spielberg and then with Mangold. Oh, I and... don't disagree, but the sad thing is, he's not writing it. No, but he has an ownership stake in it and, and gets a lot of money. Well, then he, does, he should have done a hell of a better job than... No, he, he does. Like, uh, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. He, he does have a, like a, a big piece of it, and he earns shitloads off them, much more than Star Wars. So, well, then, um, as I said, then he's not done a good job with this movie in protecting his, his yeah. legacy. Well, and uh, his, that's a fair comment. That's a fair comment. And, things, by so. the way, if Harris is listening, like, don't take it too personally, Harrison. I love your work. I don't really care. Like, I'm going to see Dial of Destiny. All's forgiven. I enjoyed well, Crystal again, Skull. You see, it's, that, it's that argument of going back to the well too often, right? Yes. It's, it's that athlete who won't retire or keeps coming out of retirement going, just one more fucking, you know. And in this, case, like in this case, it's not just him. I actually think it's the franchise itself. I think what happened was they probably waited, not probably, they waited too long for Crystal Skull. And when it came out, it it although it made shitloads, like it's in the top ten movies of all time financially, it was it was divisive, you know. Even though I, I personally liked it, you know, it wasn't that smash, you know, cr you know, critical, but word of mouth, not just critical, word of mouth. And then they didn't, they almost waited again too long. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think if they'd waited two or three years and put out another one, maybe they would have had a better chance. But they actually waited, I would reckon, probably close to 10 years between the two, it feels like. It feels like a pretty long time. And I just feel like, definitely the break between Last Crusade and Crystal Skull was far too long. 
you know. They needed a movie in between that. Um, I, I actually feel like there's a little bit of franchise fatigue as well has come into it. Uh, and it doesn't help that everyone knows Harrison Ford's in his 80s. Like, that that doesn't help. Um, it doesn't help that apparently, as you say, everyone knows that... I, I've heard people who've said they've enjoyed it, but everyone is like, yeah, he starts off sad and broken. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, but Dave, I've heard that there's people that enjoy the new Star Wars movies. Doesn't make them right. No, no, but it's it's an opinion of people. It's not right or wrong. Yeah. It's people who go and see a film and whether they like it or not. Like, you know, all I'm trying to say is, yes, I in essence agree that, that it has been bungled by multiple people. You know, even the fact that, like, I, what I think is unforgivable. You know what I think is unforgivable? That you wait that long on such a high-value franchise with so much money at stake and you can't get a script right. That's what I... I, I at the end of the day, like, I, I know script is only one piece of that puzzle, but that you can't get a killer script. I find it's it's almost mind-boggling to me, given the level of sort of the hype on the franchise, well, the financial can I be implications. Honest with you? Uh, I think that's, that just comes down to um, uh, higher-up interference because they need checklists and... Um, Mm. Um, and their own agendas met, unfortunately. So e- even mm. good scripts, unfortunately, are going to uh, be just utterly demolished and torn apart in on the altar of um, <laughs> agenda. Wow, well, that sucks. And and one thing that is clear, and I've seen Harrison Ford talk about this, this is a movie that had a thousand rewrites. Like, this script yeah. has had so many takes of people, uh, which I actually feel hardly... I, I know there are exceptions... That hardly ever works. You know, apparently they cut out, like, so much stuff. There's been so many retools of this script, which, again, like, I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'll probably enjoy it, but I don't know. Something's gone wrong. Now, what I am seeing, though, tomorrow is... So, anyway, um, Marie was very keen on seeing... Because uh, I thought she might have wanted to see Barbie as well, but she was very keen on seeing Mission Impossible, which I'm seeing tomorrow, which you've seen, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking movie. forward to that, man, because I, I love the Mission Impossible movies. So I'm a bit sad to miss I hope, out. I hope it makes $2 billion. Well, I'm a bit sad I'm missing out on Harrison Ford, but I am happy to watch this um, Mission Impossible. Listen, I'll be honest with you. Watch the Harrison Ford, but wait for streaming, man. Honestly, yeah. do I, I, from what I'm hearing, whether people enjoy it or not, I'm hearing don't waste like $25 on this movie. No, it's I'm probably going to wait for streaming on it now, to be honest, because uh, I, I, I just... I No one no one else in the household wants to see it, and I'm sort of like, well, I'm happy to watch on streaming. Um, I just feel it's a, you know... It, I think it speaks to partly why the movie has failed. I mean, there's so many reasons, well, you know? It's, well, it's an uphill battle because, I mean, one, it's, it's you know, it's, it's Disney-owned LucasArts uh, or Lucasfilms, who have not had a fantastic track record. It's also a sequel that's come after Crystal Skull, mm. which, again, while made money, wasn't loved or universally loved or praised. Mm. So you've got that going against it as two as the last thing that people remember. Definitely, uh, of, definitely. Of Indiana Jones. So, you know, it was always going to be up here better, which is why you had to knock it out the park. 100%, 100% agree. No, 100% agree. I, I think Crystal Skull is a major factor in why this movie has um, underperformed. Um, and as you say, they didn't. They obviously haven't killed it. You know what I mean? Like they, if you'd killed it and come out with a killer fucking movie, there was hype in the first week or two. There was a that movie when it debuted. 
there was a lot of hype on it and it needed good word of mouth. You know, it needed that because the goodwill had been um, diminished by Crystal Skull, like yeah. if we're being honest. And, and also, can I just say, I'm just really getting sick. See, it's so funny to me that Disney is supposed to be the, you know, it's the family company, right? Sure. You know, it's the, you know, well, when I mean like the family friendly. Traditionally, you know, yeah. Disneyland, Disney yeah. Park, you know, we make cartoons, we make, you know, yes. movies and shit for the, for the family, right? It's so funny to me that this company right now, mm. especially with the Lucas <laughs> Films properties, mm. they just... Uh, uh, the main characters are not allowed to have a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, Do you know that's what I mean? weird. Like yeah. Luke, Han, Leia, no happy ending for you guys, right? You're all fuck-ups. You achieve nothing. Your life's been fucking miserable. Same with <laughs> Indiana Jones, right? You can say what you want whether Chris was good. He literally got his happy ending, right? He married, mm. you know, the woman that he loves. He's got a son. He's mm. got a family now. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. he, he went off into the sunset. It was a like, feel-good. No, it was a feel-good ending. going to kill them all. He's going to be a sad little cunt. Like, it's just... I don't understand this. This, this is supposed to be the, the 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 family company, but for some reason now it's an issue with happy ending. <laughs> well, they go overboard, man. Like it's Hollywood, dude. Like they they're not like fun for a creative industry. You know, Disney is almost spectacularly uncreative. I feel, and they're by formula. So the formula is wizened old man, uh, broken down. You know. It, whether it's Harrison as uh, Indy, whether it's Luke as, you know, Mark Hamill as Luke on that fucking island. Like, like mm. it, it's almost a, a pastiche. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 laughable in a sense, you know? That's sad. It's laughable, but also sad. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's crazy. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, life will go on. Um, Harrison's got his hundreds of millions, oh, yeah. you know, and... Oh, my the- life's going on. I, do, I certainly don't feel empty... For not seeing the movie, I'm a bit disappointed. If I'm being honest, uh, I, for me, I because I love them so much. But you know what? No one can take away the first three, and I even like four, to be honest. But like, I've got them on Blu-ray. I, I can happily watch them. I can happily watch a lot of Harrison Ford movies. I, I've watched a, nearly everything he's ever done, and you know what? I, in general, I love them. You know, so. I don't really. It's not the end of the world, kind of thing. Um, even though I'm disappointed, but um, I, I am looking yeah, forward. I, to... I don't know. I look. I I love my uh, my metaphors and my analogies and all that. And I'm like, I'm not hungry enough to eat uh, food out of the garbage. Sure, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? And people go, "Oh, I'd love it so much. I'm just going to watch it because I love her." Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not hungry enough to. Eat I'm garbage. almost no. I'm almost hungry enough for that because I also don't think it's as bad as. I think, as always... Well, look, we look forward to your review when it... Uh, I when will. You do actually... I will give it... A, and I'll give it a very objective review. Like, I give Crystal Skull an objective one. Like, it's not a perfect fucking movie. It's got bits I like, but it's it's it doesn't hold a candle to the first three. You know? Like, honestly. Um, I don't enjoy it, but, I mean, at least I can turn around and say, okay, fine, it was a send-off. You know, he got his happy ending. Sure. You know, uh, his legacy continues with his son, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it. But then they just went and undid that. You know, like they almost decided, oh, well, well, we scratch that. I know. You know, it's like, again, it's the same as like Kinney, you know, it's like fucking, again, we want to talk about another franchise like um, <laughs> uh, uh, Terminator. Do you know what I mean? I mean, they're fucked up. Oh, dude, I, I, I'm going to stick up for them a little bit. I, I know they didn't make money, but I've enjoyed, Michelle and I have watched all the Terminators and apart from Salvation, which I don't like, I don't mind Genesis and um, 
whatever the like, Tark fade. I, I don't mind them, honestly. They're okay. No, no, but my but my point is, Dave, you you create a movie where the sole purpose of it mm. is to basically just kill John Connor, but then retell the story with two new characters by killing an uh, uh, an established. Oh yeah, that character. part I didn't like. Um, but you know what I mean. But that's yeah. what I'm talking about. I mean, whether or not they're good movies or not. Again, it's this it's this trope or this. Sure. Whatever you want to call it, this now staple of we need to take old characters, either kill them, mm. right, and retell their story, but with newer, younger characters, mm. or we make them sad, fucking pathetic mm. failures. I, I don't. I, I I was confused why they killed John Connor. To be honest, I, like they made a big thing about how Edward Furlong was going to be in it and stuff, and I was like, oh, cool. I mean, he's a fucking wreck of a person, but. I assumed he would have a reduced role. I didn't expect him to be, you know, I thought, it's, you know, but it was terrible. Yeah, but it's what they so did. sad because he could have been the mentor character. Do you know what I mean? So how, yeah. like, um, in Terminator 1 where uh, 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 Reese sort of comes to to save her and tell her, like, all this shit, like, he could have been the guy that finds out, hang on, all this shit's still going to happen or whatever, you know, yeah. uh, that's the new girl now, she's me. She's the new me. I have to protect her. And yes, he can still die protecting her. Mm. But at least you give his character something. Yeah, it was. It to, was really. I mean, like, dude. You know, and I'm being honest here. Like, I, I actually fucking. You, you can actually miss his so-called appearance. It's so brief. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, and and take it from me. I did. I was like, what? He was in it. Like, I like when. Like right at the start, like in some I sort of have, I must have yawned at that exact moment. And dude, completely it's missed it. it's no. When I say a disservice to the character, it goes way beyond that. I also didn't like in the previous film where they made him evil, and I was just like, oh yeah. f- yep. fuck them! Like you know, like you're. That's, that's why I say, man. It's just not a new thing. It's actually now, that, but now when you actually think now and actually look at all the franchises, you go, holy shit. This has been around for a bit of a while now. It's not something that's actually new. Well, what made it even more weird was that was a good actor they got who played John Connor in that in that um, uh-huh. previous one. Um, I, I don't know the guy's name, but he's in Sons of Anarchy. He's a very good actor, and he was good in it, and there was no need to, to do that because that was like when you – that's pissing right in the well that people are going to drink from. You know, it's yep. just like there was no need for that because – that's ruining a bit of the fact. Now that I like those movies, they're not perfect, but I I enjoyed them. I I actually thought they were creatively quite interesting at times, but they're not perfect, and they didn't set the world alight financially. And no, but the issue yeah. with it, and I know people say, oh, but it doesn't. You know, you could still watch your movies. I go, yeah, I know, but you're always going to have in your mind that what you've just watched was in in just terms of canon and law was pointless. You know yeah, I mean? but like I always think to myself, like yes, I agree, but it's like it's like I'm reading all this old X Men at the moment. Um, you know, like other hands coming in thirty, forty years later, fucking it up. Ugh, it's easily ignored, you know, to me. No, it is, but but what my point is that there was going to be a part of your mind, even when you go back and read the old stuff, sure. where you're going to go, man, what a shame they fucked this character up. Like it's like knowing the future. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's like mm. it's like going it's like going back in time, but you know what the future is, and you always in this little part in your brain goes, "Man, oh, I can't believe they did that to this character. What a great character in the past. Now that I'm sure. reading, such a shame to think of." Well, what like to them. we'll you get know. off this topic because we're in total agreement. But like the um, 
the even though I I I haven't read all that extended universe stuff, but I have read little bits and pieces, and I, it just feels like whatever they did there was like so much better, like in overall. And oh, yeah. like cool. with Han Solo, and I focus on him because he's one of my favorite all-time fictional characters. The the disservice in Force Awakens, where they just made him out to be like a bad father and a bad husband, and I don't know even there wasn't even really explained. That that also annoyed me. Like it was like, wow, you've given him such an empty backstory for the years in between, and it was just so pointless. And it just felt like after, if I look at that film, um, Return of the Jedi and blah, 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 all the cool stuff that happened and, you know, he had a happy ending with Leia, everything like that. The future's bright in a way because, you know, and then I, I heard that, that he'd done stuff in the, um, you know, intervening years and everything. It all sounds way more interesting than what they did in that movie where he was just a smuggler again, but he, a kind of shit smuggler and he lost the Falcon and... And also the way none of it was explained that really annoyed me in Force Awakens, like the lack of the lack of world building. You know, there was just none. It was just JJ on fucking minimum fucking effort almost. You know, and that did annoy. That annoyed me in the cinema as I was watching it. You know, well before the death, which depressed the fuck out of me. Um, I thought, yeah, average, JJ. You know, like, even though I was enjoying the movie emotionally, because we all know JJ knows about emotional cues. He does know that. That's the one thing he does know as a as a director. He, he Emotional, eliciting an emotional response is one thing he does know how to do. A lot of other things JJ, I find, is pretty below average, honestly. But anyway, it, like, yeah. That, that's annoying, and I agree with you when you're watching... Like, if I was watching... If I sat down tonight and went, I'm going to put on, um, you know, New Hope, and I'm going to back it into Empire, my two favourites, you know? And mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is a fucking cool thing. And, you know, Han Solo going crazy, all the cool scenes on Hoth and stuff. If I thought, like, f- float this out 40 years, he's essentially going to leave Leia. He's just going to be a, just a, sort of a loser, like, honestly, is what it seemed like to me. That's not the Han Solo that I know. Yeah. You know? Like, he's basically going, hey, Leia, we, as a couple, we're at our lowest point here. Uh, I'm just going to go. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and gonna... like, like, that isn't, to me, like, honestly, that, to me, isn't the character. And, also, I know I'm not the biggest fucking Luke Skywalker fan, but even I'm going, Luke, being a grumpy old man on that island, is also not the Luke Skywalker I know. The Luke Skywalker I always envisioned after Return of the Jedi was the cool Luke that rolled up to Jabba's palace, you know, where you felt like he'd done some fucking hard yards between Empire and Return of the Jedi and learnt some real Jedi. He'd become a Jedi Master, you know? And mm-hmm. he just seemed so much fucking cooler between those two movies. Like, I, that was that was the movie where I went, yeah, Luke's badass now, like in the black, you know, um, uniform and all that stuff. And that was done really perfectly. Like, it was done, you know, well. And then if you're like, yeah, I'm not I'm not sitting there thinking, yeah, in 40 years' time, he's going to be this depressing old guy on this island. It'd kind of be a prick as well. Like, it's just like, yeah, no, no thanks. You know, I just... I almost view those movies, honestly, um, those sequels, as almost what-ifs, you know? Just lame what-ifs. If if only. Yeah, just, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, we'll get off this topic. Now, 
I want to mention something. Uh, my Marvel Legends family updates. Uh, Emma Frost, both costumes now, white and black, Ooh. Rich. Um, and I'd like Sebastian Shaw so I could start, because I've also got Magneto on the white, and to get Sebastian Shaw and really start building the Hellfire Club, you know? Nice. Yeah, but I haven't got that one. Now, I, I want to get your stance on something. Um, zombie variants on action figures. So Whereas it could be, you know, your My Hero Academia or that that Marvel um, Hulk zombie thing I've got that I love. I saw Zombie Captain America, Zombie Scarlet Witches. It looked really cool, Marvel Legends. Where are you on zombie variants, Rich? Because I'm a sucker for them. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I wouldn't say they're like my favourite, but I mean, they, some of them can be pretty cool. Yeah, sure. well, I saw this zombie Scarlet Witch that looked actually really fucking cool. You know I don't give a shit about Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it, it depends on how well it's done. Like, it's not an automatic yes, but, I mean, mm. if it's if it's by a talented person and it looks, like, really phenomenal, then, yeah, of course. I love my zombie Hulk, but I reckon you could make him more zombie than that action figure I've got. I've, I, I bought that 20 years ago. I still have it, and I love it. But you've got to actually study it to, to recognize that's a zombie Hulk. I reckon you could make it more monstrous. Seriously, I, I've thought about that a fair bit. Now, I've got something for you, Rich. You're always going on to me about anime, and I always ignore you. Um, I came across something uh, that I want to get your take on. I'm listening to Toy Anxiety, my, my favourite show, definitely, apart from Signal of Doom, obviously. And they were talking, it was an old episode, and the guy on it was talking about Gundam, the 8th MS team, and it's Vietnam War with robots, Rich. And I, my ears pricked up, and I've done my research before this show. It's on Hulu, the the season. Nice. Have you heard of this, man? Gundam? Uh, I'm not big into Gundam. My my what? thing was uh, Macross, or as it was known in the West. What is Gundam? Is it big robots? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's big mech suits and all that sort of shit. It's basically like okay. the... Similar to like the mech suit you would like in like you know um, Pacific Rim, kind of what they're based on, you know. Oh, okay, cool. I love that stuff. It's a big robot. It's got big guns. It's got swords. Basically, Transformers, but if there was a person in it controlling. Gotcha. Well, I am going to do my research and I'm going to watch some of it on Hulu. We'll see how much I enjoy it, but I will have an episode review of at least the first two episodes next week. But no, Gundam is super, super, super popular. In fact, there's uh, there's what is popular about Gundam as well is that there's a big um, um, model uh-huh. uh, community uh, where you basically build models and paint them of the different Gundam. I models. have heard so of very this. Like Warhammer and all that sort of shit. But there's also a lot of shows and animated movies and stuff. Oh, no, no. There. It's got tons of shows. But what also makes it popular is what I'm saying is that, like, it's also got this outside of the animes and all that is people's markets that people build, they then paint, you know, mm. uh, all that sort of stuff. So... Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, okay, so I'm going to have an episode review next week. Now, my Smallville update, Rich, got past the very sad death of Jonathan Kent. That was a fucking heartbreaker, man, you know? Uh, and the episode was called Vengeance, and it has a female vigilante who I think was called the Angel of Vengeance. I saw some parallels to, like, a 1990s Wonder Woman. Um, do you recall the episode, Rich? Mm, vaguely. It was good stuff, man. I was fucking enjoying it, dude. Um, oh, that's uh, good, mate. It's as long as you enjoyed it. That's all that. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking loving this small. Voice I will stuff. try and prick your bubble from time to time, but as long as you enjoy it, that's all that. Matters. I'm loving it, man. Like I, I I've oh no, s- not with this. I just mean with other shit in general. Oh, okay, yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> um, now I have a review. 
I watched Rise of the Beasts today, actually. Uh, it's enjoyable. Um, Optimus Prime is a real whiny little bitch for some reason in this. I Like, Optimus Prime, he's super pissed off. I've never seen Optimus Prime. He's, he's, he's like, I'm tired of these humans. Yeah, he, no, he's massively anti-human in this. He's like, he doesn't trust them. It's before... To be fair, the movies do portray us as kind of fucktod, so... Yeah, he really, really, really hates Like, the other than, like, the one or two fuckers that are trying to help them, the entire fucking government is against the Transformers, so... You know, can you blame him in that... In that yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I get you, man. Um, Well, all I can say is it's fun, though. Like, actually, to be honest, I, I'm enjoying it. It's... If you liked Bumblebee, you'll like this. They've certainly sort of descaled a little bit from the sort of bloated nature of the. But Michael... I also I also heard that the mm. um, the beasts are barely in it. Uh they're in it. Um, they kind of like come in at the start and then come at the end again, and they pretty much they come in at the like... start and they come in in the sort of like two thirds of the way through, literally. Yeah. So they're in it at the start. There's a cool opening with them. And then they two third, literally, almost, literally, exactly two thirds of the way through, uh, like um, Optimus Primal comes in, and you know the Triceratops one, and whoever. There's the there. Look, I mean, there's a fucking bird one that's in it, like from early on, but she's pretty useless. Um, there's yeah, no, the normal Autobots are Optimus, Bumblebee, Arcee, um, I think is how you say her name, and Mirage, who's pretty funny actually. Um, yeah, it's look. I'm enjoying it. Like, I mean, look, dude, it's low stake stuff. Like, it's no one's. Gonna, it's not going to win any Academy Awards, but oh, I think it's enjoyable. I'm watching it, thinking I'm enjoying it. Like, it's fun. It's definitely fun. Um, great visuals too. I, I've got it. Although I will say, I noticed one thing. Um, Optimus Prime doesn't have the sort of mouth grid thing that he has in the cartoons, which I always preferred to have. A, his mouth looks kind of weird in this. Well, I mean, to be fair, a lot of them don't look exactly like they do. In- yeah, but he looks worse. I, like, it's like, if you're going to change oh, yeah. it, you know, if you're going to change Optimus Prime's look, make it look better, it looks worse. Like, he, he he should have had the mouth, you know, the mouth thing he's always got. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's, yeah, Optimus Prime, it's not his best day, actually. He's like a cranky old grandpa in this one. Um Right. Yeah, he is. I mean, he is pretty old by this point. <laughs> yeah, but dude, this is before the Michael Bay movies. It's a prequel. It's set in the nineties, Ben. You know? Well, then I don't know. Then they've really fucked up the timeline and his character arc. <laughs> Definitely, yes, yes, I agree with you there. Now there is a new um, three-hour super-powered um, a story of the DC heroes and stuff. I saw JM, um, Dimitrios, was promoting it on his Facebook today. He's like a talking heads thing. Apparently, it's pretty full-on, like a really big, long documentary about DC and their superheroes and stuff. Like, it's on Max. It came out today. Um, again, I'm going to do my research and watch it. Um, JM was making a funny joke. He was saying, I wonder if they've cut out all my, you know, fantastic insights <laughs> and stuff. But he's definitely in it. But um, yeah, so it's three hours. You you might enjoy it, Rich. Uh, you know, really... I might. But I have at this point, I'm not joking. I have own, and I've seen so many talking heads, um, DC documentaries um, sure. that I, I don't know if I could watch another one. I mean, I'll give it a go. But I, mean, I haven't seen, so seen them to be honest. I I haven't ever. Oh, then, then I think you definitely will enjoy them. But I've seen so many. In fact, they even did another big one, a mm. uh, big documentary. Oddly enough. Uh, with Ryan Reynolds, uh, which they did around about the time in the Green Lantern movie. Really? He narrates 
this thing. It's about an hour and 40 minutes. And it just goes through the history of the the or the start of DC, all that sort of stuff. Julie Schwartz, all that sort of stuff. So again, I'm I've seen enough that I, I don't know if I would get that much new out of it, but you know, I might check it out. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Um. All right. All right. Well. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. I mean, I might check it out if there's a bit more like uh, interviews with writers and stuff and all that. Um. Definitely well, check that out. Then, it's definitely. If it was just a narration thing, then I've seen enough of that. Yeah. I mean, look. It's got him in it, like as it looked like it has interviews. Like I mean, he's in it, so oh, I yeah. I mean, I might check it out. It. I mean, I wouldn't mind because just see it from an interview point of like, hearing from the the actual writers and all that. I mean, as long as it's them like saying what they want to say and not sort of edited to. I'm sure they didn't interview Chuck Dixon. Like they want to select who they want to select. Ah, uh, uh, no, no, you can't you can't interview the person non gratis. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're going to select carefully who they... But still, I love JM, so at least they've got JM. Um, there are also, speaking of DC, some new DC omnibuses um, on the way, Rich, which I saw reported on Facebook, one of which was a Green Lantern one. It's the Kyle uh, Rayner um, run. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I think it's called Kyle Rayner Rising, and like it's obviously the Ron Marks run, you know, at least maybe the first half of it or something. Um, which okay. I, th- which I, you know, in fairness, like I think sounds pretty interesting. Like I, I collected that run. I, I, I actually, at one point, owned the majority of that, um, of of that, uh, uh, you know, of that run. I, I collected it, nearly all of it. I would reckon because I went because I got into it. I started buying it. He'd been Green Lantern probably for a year or slightly less, and I went back and collected pretty much all the issues and stayed with it for a long time, like until Ron Mars left the title, really. And then, and even then stayed beyond that. I stayed with John Winnick was writing and stuff. Like, it was one of my pickups. Were you actually picking it up, Rich, or were you so pissed about Hal Jordan that you just dropped it? Uh, I did go back and collect them later, but... Um, at the time? Uh, I wasn't really... Mm, I wasn't actively collecting him at the time. Yeah. That's fair enough. I mean, but yeah, it, look, it's a decent run. I, I'm not, I'm not confirming I'll buy the omnibus, but um, I mean, like, I'll be honest with you, I just didn't. I got to be honest with you, I found him a pretty boring character um, at the start, anyway. Yeah, uh, I just, I found him to be so vanilla. Like, I see, I liked that though. Know? It was he was Peter Parker with the ring, man. I enjoyed that. You know? Oh, not even, man. Like that was what they were going sure, for. The, sure, we've got Peter Parker at home. Um, Peter Parker, but not. Uh, I, I definitely wouldn't put him on the level of fucking Spider Man. Oh no, but that's what they were trying to go for. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh sure, but they they did it again. They did a very watered down. Here we go. I've, I, I, fa- I found the I found the the link while we've been talking. So uh, these are the um, the omnibuses. So one is the Batman Adventures omnibus, which is like um, I think that yeah, it's it's the one that's set around the animated cartoon. You know, like it's so it's in the animated universe, um, which would be good, I think. Uh, then it's ah oh, Superman, the Silver Age omnibus. They're starting the Silver Age, December five. I reckon I might actually pick that up. I might mm-hmm. collect the Silver Age Superman omnibus. That that actually interests me, because uh, Golden Age is too far back. But you know how much I love my Bronze Age. But I mm-hmm. would probably say yes, please to Silver Age. Um, Wonder Woman, Silver Age Omnibus Volume 2, Batman, they're up to Volume 10 of the Golden Age. Question, Omnibus, the second half of the Dennis O'Neill. Um, I'll definitely mm-hmm. get that. Um, Dead Boys, Detectives, pff, 
I think, whatever that is. Uh, Batman and Robert Eternal. What? You don't know the Dead Boy Detectives? Never heard of them in my that, life. That's Neil Gaiman, right? Is it? Yeah, yeah it says Neil Gaiman here. I've never heard of it in my fucking life. Yeah, it's about two. It's about two <laughs> ghosts right. um, uh, who sort of partner with a, a live girl who <laughs> right. can see them to solve um, like um, supernatural. Sort and of it's Neil Gaiman, is it? Neil Gaiman? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. Okay. And it's funny because the two boys are actually from different time periods as well. Okay, that sounds alright. Well, I'm de- I just de- sorry. No offense, I've never heard of it in my I, life. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm sorry. I was just literally shocked. I, I mean, I was like, "What? He's not heard of." Yeah. <laughs> the dead boy detective. That took me by surprise. That, that took that you by surprise. Me well, the there, time you actually surprised me. There you go. Uh, then we've got the Batman and Robin Eternal Omnibus. Oh, I mean, I've read it all and it was fine, but no way does this need an omnibus. You know what I mean? Very like. True. Like, 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 if you want the definition of it was fine, yes. <laughs> like, like, it was content, it came out, you know. The, 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 the literal definition of meh. Yeah, it was okay. Like, it was fine at the time, but, like, no, it's not Omnibus worthy. Uh, then you've got new editions for Super Sons Omnibus. That's the one you like, isn't it, Rich, with um, what's his name? Uh, Damian Wayne and Jonathan Kent when he was a kid. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. You got Spy versus Spy. Is that the 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 Mad or is that something else? Yeah. Okay. No, well, it should be. That's the only Spy versus Spy I know. I didn't know that that was DC, but anyway. Uh, then you got iZombie. Uh, well, iZombie's fun actually. I, I've the 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 original iZombie that um I love the show. Michelle and I watched the show. The the actual um what do you call it? Like actual original comic is also a lot of fun. Uh, Batman, Golden Age Omnibus Volume 1 is out again. Nightfall again, Omnibus. Jesus Christ, is never out of print. Uh, good good news for Chuck Dixon and, uh, you know, Doug Munch and uh, Alan Grant's oh, family. They, 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 they're certainly not happy to give him work, but they're more than happy <laughs> to make money off of it. Yeah, well, he, you know, he makes money off it too, so good. Uh, and then Wonder Woman by Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang, Omnibus. No thanks. Um, I found that run pretty meh, as you would say, Rich. I was just... I, that was one of the Wonder Woman runs that I just like. It's interesting. Like, On, I, yeah. it def- I, I also didn't enjoy it. I thought, uh, and when people were like raving about, it, I was like, I don't get it. I, 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 just I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know what? I also i i am of I am of that mindset now where if it's an omnibus, it has to be one of two things. It either has to be a character that I fucking love. So much so that I will even buy an omnibus that might not necessarily be their best, you know, because I I need it in my collection, you know. Um, or then you have the opposite where it's like something so remarkable, in, in my opinion, the run, that it's omnibus worthy. Like it makes it on its own merits. And the biggest one that I would point to in recent years was the Catwoman omnibus by Ed Brubaker. Now, that is such a I – like, I like Catwoman. Don't get me wrong. Love her. But I'm not rushing out to buy every fucking omnibus that's ever been put out from a. But that run to me was so brilliant that I would buy it in a heartbeat. Now, you know, I just I. But whereas we say some of this other stuff that comes out, it's it, definitely worth reading. Like I'm not saying don't read the Azarello, but to me, it's not omnibus worthy. You know, like on a on a on a shelf. Mm-hmm. In, in my opinion, I mean, I know some people who. I like Brian Azzarello in general. Like, his 100 Bullets, that's fucking omnibus worthy, you know? Um, that's brilliant, his 100 Bullets. But, um, 
you know, it's a it's a tricky thing, and uh, you know, it probably probably when you look at it, though, even though, and I also thought it was a very poor representation of Wonder Woman, but when you look at it, um, it was probably one of the stronger books in terms of a style of the New Fifty Two. You know, even you like it had its own flavor as a they really went for it, even though it wasn't for me, wasn't my cup of tea. He it felt like he had a lot of freedom on that book. You know, did you feel that? Yeah, maybe too much freedom. Um, maybe like, yeah. I was I was never a big fan of making Wonder Woman the new god of just that the felt that was a bit limiting. The god of war, yeah, 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 I, yeah, that was bizarre to me. I, I felt that that was crazy. Um, yeah, no, I, I felt that that was absolutely nuts. Uh, like, to make Wonder Woman the God of War is, to me, missing the and, entire point of Wonder Woman. And I wasn't a fan of the art either. Not the art itself, but the... I never saw that art as being a Wonder Woman art, if that makes sense. Like, a Greek yeah. gods and deities. I was like, I don't know, this seems like a hundred bullets or... I like you know, his, I like a, that a guy's artwork. kind of art. It just didn't feel like a Wonder Woman art style, like... You know. I agree. No, I I like Cliff Chang's art. I I love his um, Paper Girls, for example, uh, and other stuff that I've read. Yeah. But I I did feel uh, for Wonder Woman, it just wasn't my. It literally just wasn't my cup of tea. I was just like, yeah, no, not for me. Uh, and I did try it. I, I I think I bought the first trade and maybe first couple of trades, and I, I gave it a go. But I just never, never super connected with me. Um, Micro- oh, so San Diego Comic Con starts uh, literally today, I believe, Rich. So I think there'll be a lot of news next week. Next Friday, we'll, we'll gather and um, we'll spend time on the news there. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Let's hope there's some stuff worth talking about. Yeah, I was like, we'll, we'll definitely gather. But I realised you're, you're talking about the news. I was like, I thought you were saying, let's hope we gather. I'm like, we're gathering, dude. Like, you know, like that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I get what you're saying. You're like, well, surely there'll be something, man. They've got to put out some fucking announcements. Because the, the comic book writers aren't right. I just right. hope there's stuff to discuss, stuff to get excited about and shit like that. Like, like let's hope there's, mm. you know, some good shit. What if it's Indiana Jones are going to do another movie? <laughs> Oh, Harris, I mean, that would not be good shit. Harrison's but... like, let's go again. <laughs> let's... What do you mean? I'm down for another two more. Let's do yeah. this. Well, I don't think we've milked the cat just quite dry. <laughs> it's a little I bit... I ain't dead. I ain't dead yet. Or in a wheelchair. <laughs> exactly. Indiana Jones and the nursing home. And in fact, in a wheelchair, are still going to do the movie. Yeah, why not? Uh, Microsoft signed a 10-year agreement with Sony to ensure Call of Duty will be on PlayStation after the Activision deal closes. I think this is good news for a lot of Call of Duty fans, you know, frankly. Like, good news. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that was the off on the table before the whole fucking um, trial and FTC and all that. So we, it was just a whole bunch of shit just to wind up with the exact same fucking deal that they signed. Talk about, like, definition of waste of time. Yeah, well, that's always these antitrust things, man. You know, like, I, I don't know why they're so fucking worried about Microsoft anyway. Like, I don't know. Well, do, let, let's be honest. Uh, so, again, I was actually watching the, the trial and all that sort of stuff. Were you? Basically, the FTC was working for Sony. Oh, um, I see. Because, right. Because at one point, when the FTC was making the, like, arguments and stuff, the oh. judge literally turned around and said, I don't care about the harm to Sony. Yeah. I care about any harm to the consumers. True. So the FTC was, was basically arguing to protect Sony instead of the consumer. And the judge even had to point that out and say, listen, you keep fucking saying Sony, mm. 
like, I don't care about Sony. This isn't about, you know what I mean? It's not about Sony. It's about consumers. Yeah. It's, so it's they a... were clearly, they were clearly somehow, you know, uh, fighting to protect. Well, Sony there, were, there, there are plenty of lobbyists, man, when it gets to that level, you know, like they're terrified of being, um, of, you know, losing but their stuff. Can I just say something? That, that's the beauty of, um, gaming though you know like people they you know it's so funny how many people don't understand what a monopoly like a monopoly is if xbox tries to buy out sony or nintendo Mm. that's monopoly then buying up game studios is not a monopoly right because that's the beauty this is the beauty of games Mm. you can't actually monopolize games because any person can start up a game studio and make a game yeah, but if they buy, out. if they like, if they buy all the sources of production that produce all the AAA games, you can't. But that's my point. You can't buy, Dave. The people can leave that company. Start. This is this has been gaming for fucking mm. like uh, forty years now. No, Dave. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, a, a company will leave, right? So people will leave Bungie. They might go. I don't like the way Bungie's going. I don't like Destiny. I'm going to leave. A couple of the people. In, they're going to come with me we're going to start our own studio mm. and we're going to make our own game sure. you literally cannot buy all the production because any person can in the garage start up their own gaming development i know but we live in the ip driven world so they're trying to buy companies but that I'm just saying, IP, I, you, you, know? you can argue that they're trying to like scoop up as much content as possible sure but you, well they, as you i the, the IP. game it's like whoever makes fucking assassin's creed you know they if they buy them even if, even if the the lead designers of Assassin's Creed leave, the person who buys Ubisoft will own the rights to Assassin's Creed. They can pump it out, and a lot of gamers, dude, a lot of gamers, not not all, but a lot, have no idea who makes these fucking games. They just know the games. You, you the people, they know nothing about that. They know the Assassin's Creed, you know, IP, the Assassin's Creed Mirage, the Assassin's Creed fucking seventeen. And, but Dave, there's always a new property or franchise that comes out that sure. hits it big. Like, there's no such thing as, oh well, Assassin's Creed is fucking huge. No one can make an Assassin's Creed style game and be popular. Of course you can. Mm. That's why you have so many different sure. versions or sure. franchises that are similar. It don't matter the name, Dave. Like, it matters the game. If you put out a game and it's it's fire, yeah, it's gonna do well. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. If it if it hits right, it hits right, and then you become the big name and you become sure. the sellout. <laughs> Well, that's true. And that's also true. I mean, you look, know. I, I'm I'm certainly not losing any sleep over the fucking Microsoft Activision deal. I I, I don't care. I, I I honestly don't care about this kind of stuff. Like, I care in a no. I mean, you know, I care in the fact sense. that instead of instead of like, if let's say if you uh, you only game on Sony, right? Instead of you bitching and moaning and whining about Xbox Nine, what you need to do is turn and say, Sony, all right, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to offer us? What are you going to? But but also, but but dude. Like in all honesty, if I like if if Microsoft put out a number of games that are fucking classics, you know, like if Starfield's so fucking awesome, as a consumer, I can just buy an Xbox. You know, I can have two consoles. It's not the end of the fucking world. You know, yeah. like it's not but, that but, hard. You know. But one thing I do like about Xbox is I, you don't have to buy it, Dave, because you can play it on your PC because Game Pass you is available on your PC. So I'm just saying, they're not even forcing you to fucking buy an Xbox. You can literally just go, oh, well, I have a computer. There you go. I can now play it on my computer. But I think, 
I agree with you, but I what I think I'm going to do is at a certain point when when a couple of these games drop because I certainly don't need them right now. I'm, I'm I've got more than enough on my PS5. I'm perfectly happy with my PS5. But when Starfield mm-hmm. drop, and there's another game that I can't remember is coming out on Xbox, I'm looking forward to. Um, I will probably buy one of those bare bones digital ones and just have it to play, so I can have it on my TV and play because I enjoy, I like playing on console. Um, that's what I'll do. I like I don't understand oh. how hard that is. It doesn't seem very Thank- hard. Can I just say something? I want something I actually love uh, about one of the um, Xbox sort of Game Pass features is the cloud gaming. Yeah. So what it allows me to do is I can actually play a game via cloud just to see if I like it. Because there's nothing worse than down, you know, spending like a fucking hour or whatever or half an hour downloading a game just to then sort of boot it up and go, I actually don't like it. Yeah, I I hate this. It's shit. Yeah. But the beauty of a lot of the games allow you to just launch and play it via streaming that's cool and what you can do then is you can be like you know what i'm actually really enjoying this okay now i'm going to download a better experience mm. um but i love that feature of just you know i'm like is that game any good oh let me just fire it up yeah i'll download it and play it more i agree man i agree but it, it is it is funny how i've i guess i've never really sort of been too invested in i mean I, i've bought more xboxes and playstations over the years but I liked my PlayStation Three that I had, and I, I'm loving my PlayStation Five. But I loved my um, whatever it was called, Xbox One. I mean, I have two, and I and my 360 before that. I mean, I love them. You know, like it's like I don't actually see them as that different. Like <laughs> maybe I'm just a bad gamer, but I like honestly, I, I get the control scheme is a bit different, but and but once you start playing it. Do you know what I mean, Rich? I don't sit there thinking, man, this is such a fucking different console. If anything, I'm like, this is very similar, you know. To me. Oh, no, I mean, honestly, the biggest difference to me is just the controllers. The controller, yeah, I agree, the controller. The only thing that feels different about playing on an Xbox when you're actually playing the game mm. is literally just how the controller feels in your hand. That's but me, but you really play cool. that controller for two hours, you on either, I feel you've got it, you know? Like you, you spend an hour or two playing a game with either one of the controllers on either console, and uh, it's you know. difficult for me. I because I have the Switch, the PlayStation, and the Xbox. I my I keep sometimes getting confused which one I'm playing. Yeah, <laughs> no, I hear, I hear. Yeah, anyway, I mean, but but would you agree with me though that like honestly, instead of whining, some people should just buy another fucking console if they're really that fucking worried. If they're that worried, if they if, if they just. Let's say you're an Xbox guy, and you hate Sony PlayStation for whatever reason. Well, don't buy one. But if you're bitching and moaning, going, "I want to play God of War. I want to play the Spider-Man game. I want to play the Wolverine game when it comes out," well, go buy a fucking PlayStation. You know, like, well, again, what's yeah, the fucking but also, point? Again, one of my biggest uh, pet peeves in just life is I hate fucking hypocrites. Hypocrites. Um, you know, I, 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 because you had all these, all these, like these, like Sony guys who were complaining about like um, Xbox buying Bethesda, and then they're going to make in Starfield exclusive and all that. But it actually came out in the case that PlayStation were in the before they uh, before Microsoft bought uh, Bethesda, they were actually talking to Bethesda to pay them money to make Starfield exclusive to playstation so as sure. a playstation fan would you had bitch them out and say no sony how dare you take that away from the xbox players of course you wouldn't you'd be sitting there going hey, hey you fucking Dude, idiots. these corporates these corporates don't. are trying both of them are trying in their ideal world to kill the other off 
No, to, I don't have an know. issue with them. I have an issue with these fucking people that um, oh, well, who just defend clowns, corporations who go like, oh, Sony's the yeah, victim here. But then when yeah. Sony turns around and does the same thing, then so, you go, well, that's just the way it is. And, you know, well, they're, that's, they're, you know, they're clueless fools. Like, well, you can't have it both ways. Like, Dude, they're clueless fools. They're corporate, you know, what's the word, simps. They're, 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 they've taken the pill. And they and they're brainwashed. I mean, you, you, they're little minions, man. Is what they are. They're fucking idiots. Actually, is what they also are. Like both of these organisations really just care about money. Actually, of course, they like do. that's all they give a fuck about. You're you're a fucking number, um, you know, and and like that's all you are. And they both of them are playing the exact you know same kind of corporate games yeah, trying to kill the other you, off that's it you yeah. need to be a mercenary just like them right now i'm enjoying xbox and i'm loving what xbox is putting out and what they're doing I and agree. what they're buying but the moment xbox fucks around and fucks me over or or does shit, i'm like i'm fucking out bro like i'm not yeah. you know what i mean i'm not going to defend I, I, them I, I just have, anyone i don't yeah i just like i, I like my playstation man it doesn't mean that i'm fucking Worshipping a fucking Sony idol in my house, like I'm just like, yeah, I like my PlayStation, like just. Well, like my... you're crazy, Dave, but you're not that crazy. Well, so. I, you know, I like, I like it. I mean, I'm glad it's made. It's a product I like, but it doesn't mean I don't know. I don't, I don't sit there defending. Like I don't care. Almost like all actually, all I actually, what I care more about than the stupid console is the fucking game, you know, that comes out. So. I want the game, say, for example, Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, the new Assassin's Creed. I want the game to be great. You know, I really... that's I'm, I'm fingers crossed on the game. Whether I bought... Uh, you know, right now I have a PS5, so I have no reason to buy an Xbox to play Assassin's Creed. But it's not the console. I'm confident that both of the consoles, the game will be decent. It'll be pretty... From I read the reviews of both of them on Metacritic, and... In general, on those big games, in general, they're very close together on the score. You know, within a point or two, really, honestly. Mm. Like, it doesn't feel, look like there's much difference. Now, I don't know. So, these guys... But this is the thing, man. It's like, um, you know, these people who defend the corporations, like, so vividly as if you would think they're major stockholders or on the fucking board, uh, they're, they're brainwashed, man. Like, honestly. The, the the brainwashing started early. They didn't have the resistance. Uh, they they're wearing the fucking corporate shirt. Like they're 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 almost beyond help. Really, they've they've they've, they've drunk the Kool Aid. They've guzzled it, man. Not just drunk a little sip of it. Like you you we 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 drink a little sip of Kool Aid so that we don't go French Revolution. You know, mm. we that's why we don't. That's why we drink the Kool Aid so we don't go French Revolution and wind up at Disney but, Paris. You know, with the guillotine. But that's why I always say, like, I, I'm sorry, but if you're a fan of something, you should be the most. Like, you, you know I me. Mean? I've always um, preferred DC over Marvel over the years, right? Sure. But it also means I'm more critical of DC. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. I'm still critical of Marvel, but I'm more critical <laughs> of DC because you shouldn't you shouldn't give people free passes just because you like their their, their stuff or whatever. If they're doing something wrong or they're not like doing your thing, then you know again, move on. You don't owe them some weird allegiance or no. Well, you can or, you or... can just re- it, like it's entertainment, dude. It's you're a consumer. It's entertainment, man. Like that's what it is, dude. It's like you know. I was gonna say it's like if you visited a whore after the experience, you're gonna like it or dislike it, whatever. Like it's it's an experience, man. Like you're gonna have a view. You know. You know what I mean? Like you put money down. 
you hopefully had pleasure, but maybe you didn't, you know. When you, when I went and bought fucking, what was it called, Mass Effect Andromeda, and I, you know, and I hadn't read any reviews, and stupid Davey just thought it was going to be another Mass Effect classic, not having played the others yeah. either, you know. And I just exactly went exactly right, man. I was a massive Bioware fan, and then they made a couple of stinkers, and I'm like, well, that's it. I'm I'm off. Bye. Yeah, but but when I went home and played it, I was like, this is nothing special. This doesn't feel great or anything. And then I found out everyone hated it, you know. And I was like, well, I got burnt. You know, I should have paid a bit more attention. You know, but I don't know. Like it was like if they put out Mass Effect and Drop It Two, I would have been like, uh, uh-uh, not again. No way. You know, like. Sometimes, sometimes that's a good lesson. Even you know, you 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 play a game, and you, you we've all played it. Like um, the last Fable game, I felt after Fable Two, even though I enjoyed it, I felt it was sort of a cheapened, shortened version of the Fable Two, and I was like a bit of a cash grab. Uh, same with the second Dragon Age game. Like I love the original so much. Play the second one, I was like, man, I hate this. And they kind of killed my goodwill that I had so much goodwill from the first one that I expected the second game would be bigger and better. It was the opposite. Um, you know, th- that's how it is sometimes, man. Like, the, the sequels suck, you know, and um, they lose the audience. And it's like, instead of having a string of hits, they might have one hit. And that's just the nature of the fucking beast, you know? So... I, I, I really I, I, I honestly don't really understand people who get um who get so fucking uh, obsessed with their fucking console and defending the organization that makes it like honestly really like I guess it's no different from cars you know that kind of stuff like people yeah. well there's always a, a someone versus someone in almost anything. Yeah, it's the nature of the beast, man. Um, this was interesting, and I want to get your reaction. The live-action Mass Universe film, live-action one, was cancelled at Netflix after spending at least $30 million, I've even reported more, in production costs. Uh, so, yeah, what's what's happening, man? Must have been terrible that they're willing to write off that loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Must have been pretty fucking terrible. Yeah, I know. And but like weren't they always going on about what a massive hit fucking Kevin Smith's thing was? Was was that all bullshit? To be honest, almost everything coming out of Netflix and streaming services these days is bullshit. They never tell you their figures unless it's something like that actually is like viewed by a lot of people, so who knows what they fucking Well, you know, what's true and what's not. I'm I'm kind of um, yeah. I, I wonder with um, Master Universe because it's so cartoony, like you know the characters, like the villains and stuff. Like it's cool. I I think the visuals are really cool. I, I wonder if live action, it's kind of the same problem they had. Like it's funny that they had with the film in '87. Like it's hard to make it look not really fucking cheesy live action. Even even though I love the visuals of the um you know, the characters in the cartoons and stuff. Like, I think the visuals are really cool. Like, is would that be part of it, Rich, do you think? That they just struggle to sort of, you know, translate? I don't... Mm, yeah, I mean, let's be... Yeah, I mean, it is difficult. Christ, I mean... Uh, all the men in uh, in Master of the Universe in, are on steroids. 
Sure. Like they're used to the fucking max. So. But I'm even thinking of people like Skeletor or Faker or Moonglow, whatever his name was, or Scareglow, whatever his name was. Like there's some crazy looking fucking characters, you know, in, in Mass Universe. Was it hard to translate the visual element is what I'm trying to say. No, but that's not good. I mean, the visual's going to be hard, but then also everyone steroided fucking, you know, um, bodybuilders. So, I mean, the whole aesthetic and look and just even just the proportions are so fucking out there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like when they when they say, we're going to do a Gears of War. Jesus Christ, really? Mm. Because, I mean, those, I mean, if you've seen the size of the, you know, larger than life characters and armor and fucking, you know, even you look at their boots. Mm. Uh, you remember the guy Gardner's old boots? Yes. From back in the day, those big pu- And they're like that, you know what I mean? You're like, really? You're going to somehow, <laughs> you're going to translate all that? And I'm like, I mean, I guess you can do a CG. I mean, you know, they're like sort of defects now. So I guess you can take an actor and kind of make them look like they've got a, a massive body and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's probably the route I would try and take with it, just to give it a bit of a, you know, a, an artistic vibe and kind of make them almost look not real, in a sense. Yeah. Um, uh, but if you're just going to take regular people, Fuck that, man. I don't want fucking, uh, you know, I don't want little uh, himbos, you know, little slender, uh, what do you call them, like androgynouses playing the Mars Universe characters. They need to be, you know, full on. The men need to be men and the women need to be women and the monsters need to be monsters, man. Like, um, like... Every character needs to have Arnold Schwarzenegger's body from Conan the Barbarian and every woman needs to... Couldn't you uh, hire... But couldn't you hire wrestlers? I mean, wrestlers have the right kind of physique. They know? got the physique, but they might not necessarily have the acting chops. I guess. I mean, but I dude, come on, how hard is it really? Honestly, it's not that hard. It's it's masters of the fucking universe, dude. Like it's pretty basic, yeah. you know. As I said, I I would prefer that they go the the CG route and uh, but make it like like really awesome fucking CG, like um, sure. Uh, like not hyper realistic, but like just there enough to be like, wow, that looks, you know what I mean, almost mm. real. Okay, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Well, well that's uh, the thing. I mean, yeah. certain things have a style, and you, it's just you can't. That's why. It's just me personally. Is why so many things that you try and adapt from, say, animation or or, or, or visual to to a movie, don't mm. quite correlate. Yeah, Rich, so basically what you're saying is, like, it's hard to translate animation, which has a very distinctive style, to live action and retain the kind of feel and look. Yeah, well, I mean, they've made, a, a, like, a dozen or more uh, live action versions of anime, mm. and they never turn out good because just something about the, an, you know, like, animation that is... Am I going to like this Gundam thing, man? Seriously. You know, you, you're the, uh, you're the king of it anime. Depends on, it depends on the Gundam, mate. Like some are fantastic, some are mm, okay. some are. Bleh. But I think you like the giant robots. I mean, yeah, that's okay. always pretty cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, by the way, with this Mass Universe cancellation, where's my Assassin's Creed show, man? But you know, also, uh, hopefully cancelled too. Jesus Christ, no. Um, I'm worried about Assassin's Creed because let me tell you, I, I feel like I'm the only man on the fucking planet who's investigating this like it's fucking Watergate, you know? Oh, yeah, we forgot to tell you. We all got together and we... <laughs> but, yeah, you are the only man um, investigating. We need to get deep throat on. We need to get the ins and outs. So I think they're going to let this fucking lapse, dude. I think Netflix is bleeding money. I have no idea if that's true, but it feels like they're bleeding cash. 
and maybe they can divert to Assassin's Creed. But um, I don't know. What has more cachet in modern culture, Master Universe or Assassin's Creed? What do you reckon? Give me your honest opinion because I, I don't know. Like, uh, shit. Be close. I'd probably say Assassin's Creed now. Yeah. He-Man hasn't really been... Yeah. I mean, other than the, the Kevin Smith failure recently, I've not really been mm. He-Man for, for, oh shit, what, 20, is it 20 years? At least. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, I, I yeah. agree, I agree. So, but but they've been very quiet on this fucking Assassin's Creed thing, man. Like, it's really, honestly, it's it's been crickets, man, you know? And that's not yeah, good. Yeah, again, uh, I think everyone's just a bit scared now because, again, when something does well, everyone rushes out to... Mm. Get you know, get a license, get a property or something, and then the bubble bursts a little bit, and then like, gun shy. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a problem, man. And I wonder, you know, I wonder what the solution is going to be. And will Davy get his fucking, you know, will will Davy get his fucking show, man? That's the big question that's on everyone's lips, you know. Yeah, certainly on one lips. Will Will Davy get what he wants? <laughs> Well, that's always the question that Davey's asking. It is the question. So, main question I have in my life. Um, speaking of things we want, Wheel of Time season two trailer. Are you getting ready, Rich? We're going to be reviewing this on the show uh, week by week, my friend. Fuck, I forgot about it. Week by week, September one. I stupidly got excited last week because I thought I saw a thing saying we're starting this week, and I was like, "Oh, sweet, Wheel of Time starting again. We can get it on the show. I can force Richard to watch it." I was really looking forward to it. Turns out it was the week till the trailer, and then I watched the trailer today. It actually looked pretty cool. It, I I recognised, um, now that I've almost finished book two in Wheel of Time, I consider myself quite the authority on Wheel of Time now, um, I recognised some scenes from book two in, in the trailer, man. Looked pretty cool. Looked like they're spending a lot more money on it. Um, the visuals look pretty fantastic of the of the Tar Valon, I believe the city's called. Somehow I doubt the acting would have improved that much. Acting still look poor. Acting looked pretty bad, to be honest. Um, acting is not the strongest suit of Wheel of Time. <laughs> mm, definitely. <laughs> acting is... These actors, uh, acting really isn't their strength. <laughs> like, I yeah. tell you, How sad is that? It looked pretty good, though, man. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, dude. The guy who plays... Um, oh, God, what's his name? The fucking warden of the main chick. What's his name, dude? You know the guy. He's Asian in this. It's He's like the... Yeah, um, I know the character you're talking about. He's a good actor. But, gee, that's a lot to put on his shoulders. He's a kind of side character, some would say. You know? He's not the main group. He's like... Well, to be fair, I thought, I thought everyone felt like a, a side character in this. <laughs> side character in their own story. <laughs> Yeah. No, exactly they're making a big. They're yeah. making a big deal. You know who I don't like? I don't like the casting of Rosamund Pike, if that's how you pronounce the name. I think she's very bland as an actress. Um, I feel like she's been in something else years ago. Yeah, she's the main uh, woman. She was in Gone Gone Girl. Um, okay. Right. She was in. Okay. Uh, no, she was in the Reacher movie with Tom Cruise. Right. Uh, so nothing I care about. Was she getting anything big? I'm just not a big fan, man. I just got to. I, I just don't like her performance. I, she annoyed me in the trailer. It's very bland her performance. You know, 
Is is that, is that what I just described it? Again, I found everyone's performance to be bland, so she fitted yeah. in quite well. So she's in Die Another Day was the first movie. She's in Pride and Prejudice. She was in Doom, Surrogates, Jesus Christ, Johnny English Reborn, Wrath of Titans, Jack Reacher, World's End, uh, Gone Girl. Uh, Jesus Christ, films I've never heard of. Um, she was in Hostiles. That was a decent movie. Um, yeah. Oh, what can I say? You know, like, I'm not her biggest fan, Rich, to be honest. Is that... Fair enough. That's saying it pretty... But it's I a, wouldn't say... It doesn't sound like it's a shocker. But, dude, like, let's break this down. She's... It, it's like she's the main star of the show. Wrong. If you've read the books. Wrong. Mm. Wrong if you watch the uh, the Amazon show. <laughs> yeah, but like, dude, the the fucking she's in it, man. But I tell you what, in book two, she takes a back seat, man. Back seat, you know, back seat Betty, man. Mm, and, well, I doubt she's gonna take a back seat in the show. Man, we're putting a lot of hopes that the guy who plays Rand. Um, he was looking fairly bland, Rand, bland Rand in the in the trailer. Visuals looked impressive. Um, some of the scenes, it was doing a lot of jump cuts, like boom, 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 like hitting you with like, you know, bits and pieces of scenes, like images more than anything. Uh, the effects of the magic looked very poor, very poor. Can I say that? Um, you can say that. Uh, let me tell you, man, look, I've almost finished The Great Hunt book too. Um, pretty much an expert now. Um, I don't feel they're capturing the richness of the world that Robert Jordan created. I feel they're doing a... They're almost doing, like, the most thin version. You know, if this was the song, they're doing the cover version of the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper, rather than the fucking Beatles doing it, you know? It's... <laughs> this is how it feels, man. We've got the pub band doing it, you know? Okay, still great songs, but it's a pub band playing it. Where's John Lennon? Where's Paul McCartney? Where's George Harrison? Where's Ringo? Clearly not in the pub. <sighs> Maybe Ringo is part of the pub band, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they, they managed to get Ringo, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not on him for getting that at least. Yeah, so you can tell I'm I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted, and I am. And I am. And would you agree? Now an expert on the franchise, having almost finished book two. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I know uh, what I'm. All doing. the experts should come to you for expert. Experts. They should. And something that I do as well, because it's been I've been reading this book since 1990. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've hit Wikipedia to find out and remember who characters are. And sometimes I'll hit Wikipedia and I'll find about stuff that happens in, like, book five, like, he kills this guy. I'm like, oh, well, that's nice to know. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, would it be nice to have that as a surprise? But, yeah, whatever. But I'm always like, who is this guy again? Like, what? Sh I, I'm like, which which one of these million fucking people is this? Like, what city is this? I've researched it quite thoroughly. I've gone onto the maps of the whole world, and I'm like, where are the Sea Chan from? And I'm like, because there's there's what you might not know, Rich. In book two, this other force invades the continent, completely invades them, man. And it's a separate storyline. It's actually really cool, and I would think. They weren't in book, they weren't in season one, but they'll come into season two. So there's a lot of fucking stuff that happens in Wheel of Time, man. Like there was like twelve or thirteen or fourteen books. They barely scratched the fucking surface, pal. You know. I don't know if they're going to have enough like film in Hollywood to to film the whole thing in in the end. It's going to have to have like twenty seasons, man. You know, to 
to oh, cap- I'm, sure that's, I'm sure that's what they're hoping for. To capture just the entirety. I mean, well, slow down, Dave. I've only not quite finished book two, so I can't speak to the other 14 fucking volumes. But, you know, like, first two books, I know where I am. You know, there's 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 a limbo dude they go into. I saw the chick from it. I think she's a, kind of like a devil character. And, um, I mean, also, I'm bad with these books. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, can I really be bothered? Maybe I should just hit Wikipedia and read the whole thing, like the, the breakdown. And I'm like, no, I guess I better read the proper book. You know, <laughs> I just go, like, because he's a very long-winded writer, Robert Jordan. It's like, oh, can you get to the fucking point, pal? Like, we get it. Like, they're in a room. You don't need to describe the entire room. You know what I mean? Like, they enter the room. Uh, you know, there's a window. There's a box on a bed. The The bed is black. The box is brown. It's just like, he really, he loves to describe things to the, like, minutest detail. I often think it's like he's describing... Uh, one of those comic book authors who really overly describes things for the artist, you know, like you know how Alan Moore would write like you know, hundred page scripts and stuff, and like mm-hmm. it's it, that's how he's it's almost like he's describing it so that someone could draw it perfectly. And sometimes I'm like, do we need this much detail? You know, you never need that much detail. Thank you. I, I'm glad you got it, Rich. Anyway, Will of Time season two, September one. Get ready, Rich. Set your video recorder. Set your VCR, you know. Yeah, we're going to be going blow by blow this time. I feel yeah. like I feel last time we skimmed it. I might get my suicide gun ready. Dude, last time we skimmed it, this time I'm going to be hitting Wikipedia a hell of a lot more. You know? <laughs> I'm going to be hitting Wikipedia a hell of a lot more. And I'm going to avoid it completely. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure on me too because season three is, you know, around the corner, which means book three, which I haven't quite reached yet since 1990. So I'm going to get my... I, I'm in the last five chapters, man. I mean, the last five fucking chapters, they finally found this fucking horn thing they've been chasing all... This is hilarious. I was listening on um, Audible, okay, and I constantly fall asleep, and I haven't been listening for a few, for probably two months. But anyway, so they're chasing this horn, and Matt's chasing that dagger. Remember the dagger that Matt got in season one, dude? That dark mm-hmm. dagger? Yeah, so they, he, lo- he loses it at some point, and he's constantly chasing the guy. But the guy who sold the dagger also has the horn, which they're chasing all through book two. Anyway, um, it's kind of pretty anticlimactic. They finally get to where this horn is because Matt can track the dagger. And he's like, oh, the dagger's in this building because he's got a, got a link to it. And they're like, okay, cool. So they sneak in, super not well guarded. And then I'm listening on Audible. I must have fallen asleep. And then I woke up and it was kind of like in the same in the next chapter. And I was like, What? Did they find this horn? Uh, and I was, I was so, so like um, uh, confused that I was like, "Huh? What? Now we've got the horn that we've been chasing for like a thousand pages." I'm like, "When did this happen?" Anyway, I go back, and it's just. <laughs> so while I was asleep, and dude, it's described. I would say in the most un, sort of like considering how many fucking pages have been devoted to this hunt. They literally sort of, like, just look in a drawer, and there it is, and they just pick them up. And oh, it's the horn and the dagger. And it's like, really? It, like, yeah, it's like, really? Like, that was it? Like, after all this searching and hunting and roaming around, it was almost like when you kill, like, a goblin 
in a, you know, on a role-playing game and then you loot the body and it's like the Horn of Valir and the Dagger of whatever and you just pick them up and put them in your sack and, the, you know, the end. And I was just like, Robert Jordan, I feel you could have made this a little more, you know, impactful to read because I literally fell asleep, you know, and then I woke up and they're talking about it. I'm like, does he have it or is he still talking about how he... Because he's always talking about how much he wants it. And then I'm like, I think he's got it. <laughs> I think that, I think he's achieved it. I was like, is this the end? Of, and I was like, is this the end of the book? Oh no, Robert Jordan's like, no, 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 kids. Now, now let me bring in the news story from this. Now that they've achieved this, there's more stuff that I've been holding on to. You know that I'm gonna like hit you with, and that's why I stopped reading. I was like, oh, I can't take the. It's almost like the advertisement for the new book, like the for the next one. It's like now it started building the story for the next book, and I was just like, oh, I just can't take this right now. You know, like. You know, he's he, he's almost like, um, you know, you win the final battle, and then it's like, but there's another challenger. So, of course, there is. Of course, there is. Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom finishes a third round of reshoots. Rich, this is fresh off some dismal test screenings. Do you think there's any hope that this movie can be anything else than a failure, Richard? Yeah, I I think it's pretty safe to assume this is probably going to be another. Colossal flop. Um, yeah, I mean, can I be honest? Like, I kind of feel like I think the I've been giving this some thought lately because now there's talk that like, like now they think Blue Beetle's not going to do well. You know, there's some speculation and stuff and all that. Like, but I think then I think what's up? You know what? Maybe the correct course of action is for DC to just sort of like, um, or Warner Brothers to sort of maybe just go, hey, let's just you know, stop. <laughs> and stop <laughs> no no and, and and just sort of you know like wait a bit and just sure let, you know let, let let some time pass uh, to yeah. sort of you know get it out of people's systems you know what i mean because the fact that it's still like trickling means that it's still keep you know it's still it's still creeping along with the stench mm. but you know what i mean yes like i don't know but what are they really expecting from um, Blue Beetle? I don't think they're expecting it to be too... But it doesn't matter, Dave. Like, if, if Aquaman comes out and it's another flop, if Blue Beetle comes another flop... Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, it's flop, 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 flop sure. right now. Like, sure. just maybe the correct course of action is to, like... As I've said, like, you know, you either scrap it completely or maybe even just... Be a break. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm. we're going to get our ducks in a row and then we're going to come back again and mm. start again from scratch. Mm. Um you know, but I don't know. It's uh, it's a it's it's it just feels like they're on a hamster wheel. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just, yeah. and just just chugging along with with flop after flop. After well, flop after I mean, I guess flop. that we, especially with um, Aquaman, they've probably devoted. You know, it's probably cost them. I saw it costing. It's cost them two hundred million dollars to make. So they need to at some point get it out there to just try to recoup something. You know. Uh, whereas Blue Beetle, I imagine, is a lot less expensive of a movie. You know, um, it doesn't feel like the stakes are that high for Blue Beetle to me. Aquaman feels like they're kind of cursed with Flash. It just feel like unless we're all wrong, but just it just it just feels like Aquaman is going to just be a huge bomb. Really, honestly. Whereas I think Blue Beetle has an outside chance of doing what like a Shazam one did. You know. Being a kind of surprise hit on a smaller budget, smaller yeah, stakes, possible. you know. It is possible, as I said. I mean, I'm not predicting the future. 
it, it would be interesting if maybe a record of action would just be take a hiatus. Yeah, just to, just and, to completely slow know, it down. Let, let it reboot, let it reset kind of thing and all that, you know. Hmm. Well, they're desperate to um, get to Superman Legacy and actually reboot the whole thing, Rich, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're definitely in a rush. <laughs> that's for sure. You know, so that's also part of it. Like, get it out, take in whatever it takes, throw it onto Max, you know, move on with our lives, and, you know, then and then really retool for Superman Legacy. But, yeah, you are right. It's they're, they're, I, I, I feel Blue Beetle will do okay. I, I'm not saying it's going to, you know... I think if Blue Beetle makes four hundred million, that might be considered a pretty good effort for Blue Beetle, dude. Honestly, if I'm being realistic, I think four hundred million on Blue Beetle is it's almost a small tick. Whereas I think Aquaman, if it makes four hundred million, it, that that is not a that, you know it's it's cost them a fuckload. You know that that movie. When when they say it costs two hundred million, it probably costs far more than that. You know, really, honestly, in terms of real mm. dollars spent, probably a lot more than that. So I think that. Um, the chances of that maybe it'll prove us all wrong and be the surprise hit like Aquaman one was, but I think that the um, I think that the the bad taste of just the continued disappointments have really counted against this project. Really, I honestly do. Whereas I think Blue Beetle yeah. may have a chance because it's going to be viewed as quite different. You know, we haven't seen Blue Beetle. He hasn't been in a million fucking so-so average movies, whereas Aquaman has been in just about everything, hasn't he? Listen, every, anything is possible, but mm. I'm just saying, if Blue Beetle is also a flop, yeah, then they've kind of painted themselves into a corner with all this talk of Superman and getting into production, you know, you know, either so, because they're not like that, like, mm, I think maybe right now you're correct. Let some time pass and let people, you know, yeah. forget a bit. Yeah. No, you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's hard to feel sorry for them as well, though. Like, they've made their own bed. Oh, God, no, Jesus Christ. Sorry, don't don't get it confused. I don't feel sorry for yeah, them. Yeah, I, I, I feel like they've made their own bed. They've, they've, made, they've, they've all ticked off on all the fucking decisions that have gone so poorly. Like, they're the ones who've spent hundreds of millions of dollars on very average product. Like, they're the ones who fucked it up, like, honestly. You know, and they've done it again and again and again and again with a, with an occasional surprise hit, Wonder Woman and uh, Aquaman one. Yeah, you know. well, uh, well, what's that? What's that? What's that old expression? Your broken clock is right twice a day. It's true, man. It's true, and they got it right. Yeah. I saw James Wan was talking about um, how difficult it's been with Aquaman, just in terms of like he was trying to sort of say, look, with all the, the turmoil. And constantly, you know, he was saying, look, a lot of my stuff, it's 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 in underwater kingdoms, it's quite separate. He said, but at the same time, you've got to kind of keep an eye on what's going on in the wider thing and blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, it would sound like he was trying to make excuses for what I think is going to be... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damage control, man. Yeah, he was he was already on that. And when you get the director talking like that, you know, <laughs> you, you know that, like, <laughs> he's almost, he's got his exit well, plan, you know? Sometimes I honestly, sometimes I just think the best thing is to just shut up. Silence is sometimes your best weapon because sure, you, you run the 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 gambit, you know, of like oh, it's got to be the best fucking movie we've made, like a you know yeah classic. You know, everyone's gonna love it, and then it comes out, and everyone's like, what a piece of shit it is. Or you start going, ah, it's been so really difficult, you know. But then you're also already 
then you now people are like, oh, oh, alarm bells, and then you're not going to, you know what I mean? Like, I just think yeah. sometimes the safest course is just to just keep your mouth shut and answer questions neutral. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hedge your bets kind of thing and all that. Oh, yeah. Well, he could just say, I think we've got a strong product. We can't wait to get it out there, you know? Like, just just really kind or of. Or even just say something stuff. as generic as, I hope people enjoy it as much as we're making it. Yeah, true. Like, true. just something super generic that just make people go, okay, well, you know. Maybe we will enjoy it, you know, as much as you enjoyed making it or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, just, know. I don't know. Instead of this one's killer, this one's going to destroy. This was, this, this, this well, they were great. telling us Flash got a stand innovation and yeah. it's the best fucking DC movie ever made. And then it comes out and it's like, everyone's like, this is crap. Was it, like, Ezra, was it, was it Ezra Miller who was giving a stand innovation? Was it Ezra Miller and the fucking, like, you know, giving a stand innovation? Oh, you know, what, you know what happened? They confused the sound of people getting up and stomping their feet out. <laughs> Because they were walking out in disgust. And I was just like, and they, fuck thought this was a, they thought it was a stand innovation. <laughs> now, we had an interesting thing here, Rich. Uh, there was a new report. I think Michael Kellishim uh, gave me this news that 87% of the pre 2010 video games are critically endangered of being lost. The report is basing its conclusion on the fact that these games are not readily available to download on a modern digital storefront, such as Wolverine Origins. Um, with the release of. And um, then he says, bullshit. With the release of non-licensed retro consoles, a player can buy the original physical cartridge and play it on a new console. Then there are bootleggers who will sell a game console with thousands of preloaded classic games pre-installed. That I, that I would actually like. Um, classic video games are now more readily available than ever, according to Michael, assuming anyone actually wants to play 80s Atari and Commodore 64 games. I can think of some Commodore 64 games I'd want to play. Um... Why would you want to play Frogger on a PS5 anyway? I tell you what, I'll say this, Rich. Fuck, I was good at Frogger on the Atari back in the early to mid-80s, man. I was seriously good at Frogger. Seriously good. I, I see I see where he's coming from, but um, I also kind of disagree with right. him. Um, I don't think things are as readily available. I mean, here in Australia, mm. it's not as easy to get your hands on Atari stuff or even like Mega Drive or uh, Nintendo, you know, Super Nintendo, Famicom. Yeah, we can probably still get our hands on 360 and, sure. you know, PS2, but it's even hard to get PS1 games in, in Australia. Like, I think in America, it's a hell of a lot easier market. There's literally secondhand stores. Yeah. Um, and, and take it from, and uh, I'm speaking from experience here because I do actually old games. Yeah. Um, I've actually got a few games on my shelf that are actually worth a few hundreds of dollars. I've yeah, got one game uh, that's actually uh, I can sell it for over three hundred dollars. You know yeah. what I mean? So I am a collector. So trust me when I'm saying it's not as easy to just go out and game you. And these consoles that he's talking about, where you can get these like like again, this is Australia, man. Like it's very hard. Yeah, I suppose you can import them and all that sort of stuff, but it's it's not it's not as easily already available because then also those things they don't have every game. Now there is a the, Emulation is fantastic, and I do think that a way to save it, because you can't save it physically, okay? There's just no ways for everyone to go out and buy an old Atari or Famicom and all that sort of stuff. I mean, luckily, I still have most of all my old stuff. I've just luckily kept it. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, there's this new thing that's coming to... Uh, it's on PC, and it's coming to Xbox... Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Uh, 
it's an emulation thing which has got like a, it's got like over 1200 games on it or something like that like classic wow. games like mortal kombat stuff and really um, um uh, and uh like um, and what's this on arcade games what's this on? it's it's on pc now but you, it is coming to xbox soon really basically it's kind of like a subscription thing right so you you can buy it i think outright for 79 dollars mm-hmm. uh for the year or something like that or you pay you know, uh, or whatever, but it basically just gives you access and emulation to like over a thousand games, right? Right. Um, of old stuff, you know, stuff like Metal Slug, you know, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighters, all that old shit that you literally just can't get. Now, and I, I also disagree with him saying like, why would you want to play Frogger on a PS5 or something like that? I mean, I feel like that's like saying, why would you want to watch an old black and white movie when we have color and CG, sure. you know, movies now? It's like, well, you because it's for the experience. It's a part of history. It's it's seeing how things played or, yeah. you know, what it was like to play games. It's, I mean, saying like, why would you do it because it's old? Eh, it's not a great argument. Um, when we're, we're in the business of reading old comics. Michael Kellishim under pressure. Poor old Michael struggling for form. Richard's firing. Uh, you know, Michael, love you to death. You're a great man. Um, tend to agree with Rich on this. Although I will say that old movies, I think, have more replayability than than old, old games. But there is something... Like, I would happily play, as a novelty, a couple of old-school Commodore 64 games. You know what I mean? Because I enjoyed them so much. Because it's a nostalgia as well. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm not saying, like, oh, my God, you're just going to be playing those games. But, of course, it would be fun to just be like, you know... Fuck it! Like, what what would it be like playing that old Frogger? What was it like playing games? You know, dude, I fucking love Frogger. I wish I wish I had Frogger here right now. Frogger was awesome, and also, can I say this? That like, I wouldn't if they could like do Frogger now and make it all somehow like massively like you know visually spectacular. I actually liked the basic Frogger. You know what I mean? It was actually really cool and colourful. It required skill. Um, I was seriously good at Frogger, man. I, I played like hundreds of yeah. hours of Frogger. I was fucking good at it. Um, to another oh, mate, game. listen, you, yeah. you, you want to test yourself, right? You want to see if you could handle old old school games, right? Yeah. Just fucking play, um, uh, what's it, Ghosts and Goblins. Never played it, heard of it. Was it good? Or Ghosts Ghost and Ghouls or whatever. Like, that is fucking one of the hardest games ever made, man. Like, yeah. Fucking like you, you want to talk about like Dark Souls and sure, you know, that sort of shit. That was like the first fucking Dark Souls game of like, I'm gonna put my fist through the screen. There was another game. Um, oh, oh it was Gauntlet. Did you ever play Gauntlet? I did. I did. Oh. I played that in the arcade. Yes, the arcade was awesome. It was awesome on the arcade, but I also had it on, must have been a Commodore 64. Dude, I put hundreds of hours into Gauntlet, and actually, can I, can I tell you this? I imagined Gauntlet in my dreams, and when I was walking around, I, I, beyond the limitations of the game, I felt, you know how they often say, like, uh, say with TV, like say Doctor Who back in the 60s and 70s and stuff, you know, low budgets, you had to, you kind of you had to use your imagination in a way, and I and I mm-hmm. loved it. Gauntlet was like that. It was so basic, oh. but for some reason I, I found a, it very that's cool. Another, that's, you, you've just made another argument for why it is great to play old games. Like, yeah, I, as a kid, a lot of the games I played weren't even on consoles. I played a lot of arcade, yeah. right? A lot of the games I played growing up because I didn't really have you know I couldn't afford that many games at home and, sure. and all that sort of stuff. So you know. 
I, I didn't have Mortal Kombat on a console right. back in the day. Honestly, I didn't. You I played, played, on the, you the, played the arcade. Man, the arcade. I played a bit on the arcade. And shout out to some really old friends. Um, a couple of guys down in Tassie uh, who used to work at the video thing. And they used to bring the key out and put the key in for us. And we used to get, you know, play for free. Dude, they were golden days. And I, I love... I didn't play a lot of Mortal Kombat at the arcade, but I loved it when I did. Must that would have been a cool experience, Rich. Oh, yeah, no. and, and But that's the, that's the joy of these sort of, like, emulation stuff. Or even, like, those old digital arcade classics that you could buy on the old, you know, 360 and all that sort of shit. I get to kind of relive that a little bit. You know what I mean? Totally. I get to go, like, oh, God, I'm playing the original Double Dragon. Fuck me. I haven't played this in, like, 30 years. You know what I mean? Like... The, there's something about like, not again not as like, played every day it's like fucking it's all i play but just as like a trip down memory lane no, i think or, it's fun but in nostalgia it's it's um yeah I, I i cannot stress how much fun it is to just go and play an old fucking game from like an arcade well michael thank you for um bringing this up because i think it's a great discussion point and in fact i want to turn it over to the audience um, guys and girls, if you have your own thoughts, and, and and you know what I'm going to say, if you've got video games, list your five favourite video games that you've played from any era. I don't care from from today back to Atari, and I don't even know if it was before that. But um, give me your your top five. You know, listen. You know, email it to me, or um, you know, even better, uh, message me on Facebook, message the, message the show on Facebook with your favourite games and stuff. I'd love to get your thoughts and what you think of quote-unquote vintage games because um, I think that is actually really cool. It's a- I, mean, Fulga, I just want to say, I do agree with that. I don't think there any, um, I don't think there's any danger of them like all disappearing like overnight and all that sort of shit mm. or whatever, but I do think that companies like PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, they definitely need to do a better job of offering these sort of stuff themselves mm. Uh, through emulation than third party or like uh you know a, a, a retro console that you know what i mean like yeah they should offer that like as part of their services and or, or, or digital like uh, nintendo do do that a little bit um you pay the monthly sort of subscription and you get access to like their emulation it's not great they are but they are adding more stuff so you can play like the original mario brothers kirby mario kart like all these Mm. original knockout all that sort of shit it's Mm. a lot of fun to be able to go back and do that but i do agree with him i don't think they're disappearing but i do think that companies need to do a far better job of having these emulations on their own platforms and consoles for people to play Mm. yeah yeah they need to do a better job fuck they need to do a better job by the way at the same time the aussies are getting absolutely fucking hammered in the cricket jesus christ it's a fucking sad day it's a sad, oh, sad fucking day. Um, now, there's rumours that Ghost Rider is going to make his screen debut in 2025. Now, I feel like this... <laughs> I got very excited. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just, just say that again. Just read it again. Ghost Rider will make his screen debut in this Marvel 2025 Marvel flick. So in the MCU. You want to do... Oh, okay, there you go. I was going to say, he's not making his screen debut. No, no, he's no. He's making no. his MCU That's debut. a good point. Yeah, MCU. Yeah, obviously, the fucking two Nicolas Cage movies. Yes, please. Um, anyway, uh, but then I started reading it, and The Walking Dead fave Norman Reedus will potentially be strapping on the leathers and filming up, filling up the tank to play Marvel Studios Ghost Rider earlier than expected. 
According to Giant Freakin' Robot, the actor will reportedly make his on-screen debut as the character uh, in next year's Blade reboot. No word when the Boondock Saints actor will sh- Boondock Saints. Like, it's Walking Dead, I think, is probably his better known thing now. Will shoot his scene. No, they just wanted to show how much they know about his acting <laughs> career. As Blade has suffered... I would, you know what I would have said? I would have said the Blade 2 actor. <laughs> um... Uh, he's, we all know Blade has suffered numerous production delays, most recently due to the writers and actor strikes, but I'd say plenty before that as well. Um, directors have been leaving, blah, blah, blah. Now, um, yeah, I mean, I could see Ghost Rider being in Blade. Yeah, for sure. Why not? It's a pretty easy fit. Uh, although Norman Reedus, although he has expressed interest himself in the role, I mean, this rumour's been floating around for, it feels like, close to 10 years. Like, this rumour has been going for at least five years. The length of this show... Norman Reedus has been attached to the thing. You know? like Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely possible. Yeah, I mean... I, unlike you, I haven't really been keeping track of it, so... Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I need it, man. I fucking need it badly. Like... You, you, I know you do. In, in some ways, I'm fucking sick of hearing about it. Like, just make the fucking film. Like, I don't care. I love Norman Reedus, too. I think he should be ghostwriter. But if they can't make him be ghostwriter, pick someone else. There's a lot of people who could play the fucking writer. And let's not forget, let's get the writer right. Let's get the CGI right. You know? Let's get the writer really fucking blazing. Why are we sitting around in our fucking hands while the writer is just left in limbo? You know? Shout out to Brian Biggie in Inner Demons, who's with me on this. Let the writer ride. You know? And, you know, all these shit characters like fucking Echo, Ms. Marvel, lame characters. Meanwhile, the writer, ha- you know, who should be prominent, is, you know, taking a back seat. And I'm not happy, Rich, as you can tell by my animation here. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any, any comments from yourself? Uh, I don't know. I kind of wish that um, <laughs> Marvel had two separate universes, uh, the MCU and then the uh, uh, R18 right. um, universe where certain characters, they're not really in the MCU, but they have their own, kind of like what Netflix was kind of doing, um, sure. just a bit better, uh, where you have like Blade, Ghost Rider, you know, take you a bit more sort of violent. Sure. Um, like a Marvel, a, a, Marvel, a Marvel Knights line, yeah? Yeah, basically Marvel Knights, you know what I mean? Like, um, just, yeah, just where you could just take these characters and, you know, um, have them sort of have their own separate, maybe tangentially tied, mm. but, you know, where they can be hard art, you know what I mean? Where they can be bloody, gory, sure. horror, scary, all that sort of shit. Uh, if, if it's not, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, when I hear Blade by, like, Disney, I'm like, oh, okay, we'll see. And then when I hear about Ghost Rider by Disney or... You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, they don't really like the hard R18 movies, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's just a lot going on, dude. There's just a lot of fucking information flowing in and out. And the writer could clear up a lot of stuff, man. You know, like get the get the, um, the penance there going. You know, a few people, man. Mm-hmm. You know? I guess. I just, I, I just know it's going to be chock full of... What? MCU shenanigans and jokes <laughs> and humor, and I just couldn't give a shit. I don't mind a little bit of humor. She, she, you know, no, you, you say a little bit. You know, it's not going to have a little bit. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be literally every second line is a joke. I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to pitch this right now. 
you know who should write the fucking um because Michael Fleischer sadly passed away. Get JM to write the screenplay. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, get JM to write the screenplay and base Absolutely. it on base it on his stuff that he did with the writer back in the early eighties. Man, how he how he did the Johnny Blaze storyline there. How about that? How about that? That that oh, might, yeah. How that, about that? How about that? But they won't do it. <laughs> that, that might wake you a few. You can do all you how about that? How about that? But it'll never happen. <laughs> that might wake a few fucking people up, man. You know what I mean? Obviously, the writer strikes on right now, so JM can't put pen to paper on this one. But um, the strikes. I, I, I just find the Marvel stuff, especially now, just to be all just too watered down. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, so um, we've got this thing here, man. Have you have you put this news item in? Because I don't really understand it. It's something about the Studio Ghibli stuff. I, I don't know anything about Studio Ghibli. Can you enlighten us to what this is? Uh, I'm struggling. Exactly sure. Well, I'm struggling because I don't know who put this in because I, I know nothing about it other than I know I this own, guy's revealed. Uh, Miyazaki final film how do you live was released in japan to a 13 million dollar weekend which makes it the biggest opening of a studio ghibli film what makes this interesting is the marketing there wasn't any studio ghibli producer toshio suzuki decided to release only one poster and avoided any publicity trailers or even a synopsis of what the film was about Suzuki mm. explained it was to avoid what he sees as a modern movie marketing failure where the audience is shown so much in the previews, there isn't any reason to watch the film. With this being uh, Miyazaki's <laughs> final movie, Studio Ghibli... Is this what he's saying? Uh, well, hang on, let me finish. Studio okay. Ghibli wanted the fans to go in with no preconceptions. Suzuki said, deep down inside, I think this is what moviegoers lately desire. The film will be released in English later this year under the name The Boy and the Heron. Terrible. And then in brackets, it says, signal discussion. How many film trailers have you seen where they spoil the entire film in two minutes? You know what? I can think of one. Uh, Spider Man Homecoming had a ridiculously long trailer, which I felt showed the entire spine of the fucking movie. It was ridiculous how much of that movie was shown in that trailer. To be fair. Literally every trailer spoils a fucking movie. Like, uh, to some extent, uh, either, yeah. Either they spoil the movie or they spoil a reveal. Yeah. So, like, uh, what a big one is Terminal Salvation. You already knew that um, uh, Sam Worthington's character was a machine because did you? You know, there was a, a yeah. Well, there was a trailer. I did. Uh, in the trailer, it had you saw him like chained up, right? And you could see the machine parts and all that. Um. I mean, what's 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 another one? Um, but do you call that a spoiler? I mean, I guess it's kind of a spoiler, but like, it it's is an adver- a spoiler. I mean, it's but a trailer is an, like, a trailer is an advertisement. A trailer should be an advertisement. Is what a trailer should. Yeah, be. but uh, it should. But but you also like okay okay. So you got a movie called Batman v Superman, right? Yeah. And then you clearly show Doomsday in the trailer. Yes. No, Batman so v Superman. Into it that okay. Yeah. Well, there's going to be Doomsday, so obviously they're going to stop fighting. And they're going to fight. You know what I mean? That kind of Batman vs Superman you showed knew far it was too happen, much, but it definitely spoils it. No, Batman vs Superman showed far too much in the in the trailers. Uh, and I remember, mm-hmm. look, by the same token, they did whip up a lot of excitement before the film came out. That's a reason that movie really did big numbers on 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 opening weekend. Like th- those trailers, I will say this: yes, they showed a lot, but I felt Zack Snyder he did cut really good trailers for Batman Superman. Um, it did show yeah. a lot, though. I agree. 
Eddie I've Cholo. Not too many movies that 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 spoil an entire movie, but I do feel that they do spoil important. Sure. Moment. Well, like, I, th- I, mean, I think Spider Man um, Homecoming showed tons of the movie, far too much of the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, no, so, what's this guy like, saying? He's going to release a movie without any trailers. Is it basically what he's saying? No, he already he did, and it okay. made $13 million um, on opening weekend, which is the higher, is the biggest opening of a. No, Studio Ghibli's Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like Princess that. Princess Me and Okay, all that sort of stuff. It's, 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 the, it's the best, like. Yeah. Movie animation house, spirited away. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah. that sort of. Stuff. It's love. Okay. It's love. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Alicia, my girlfriend, she loves it. She even it's went good. to the museum yeah. when she went to Japan. So they're they're pretty big. I mean, I think they were going to make money regardless because it's again a studio. Well, it, uh, hasn't he got uh, like Jupiter a massive TV, reputation? Isn't knows. isn't he got the guy who does it? Hasn't he got like a massive reputation? Like, you know. Yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, it's still impressive that you didn't make a single trailer. Um, or like splash marketing around animation. I'm I'm going to say something that's going to be maybe counter to everything. I think it's stupid. I I think he, you know, I wouldn't say he's an idiot. He's clearly smart. But I I think, I mean, this bullshit about not advertising stuff, that's up there with Pearl Jam in the 90s, not one to music videos, you know? I agree with you, but I also disagree when it comes to Studio Ghibli because I don't... Word of mouth. Their movies are so wonderful and whimsical that I think experience it without even seeing anything could actually be part of the magic. Yeah, I mean, look, ideally, dude, in an ideal world... You know, in a, like just just me. Like we do this show, so I see everything. You know, I, I've you know, and I'm fucking terrible. Like I don't care about spoilers. I, I I find things out about stuff that like I barely care about, just because I like to know. But in an ideal world, in a magical ideal world, I love the experience of putting on it. Doesn't even have to be a good movie. Putting on a movie where I know. Barely anything, just a, maybe a star, that's it. And I enjoy it. Like Rise of the Beasts, now I'm not saying it's a great movie, but I don't even know, I maybe saw one trailer and that's about it. I didn't know the ins and outs of the film. I enjoy it. I, I would like to know a lot less about some of these films. Um that come out, uh, like, and not just superhero stuff, but like just films in general. Um, yeah, I like to be a blank slate. I, I, I must admit I do. I, I, I honestly do. And yet there's another side of me that also is just like, you know, I also don't care about the spoilers. So like, if I haven't seen a movie like Gardens of Galaxy 3, I'm really looking forward to watching that. That's on my drive. I'm going to watch that, you know, within the next few days. Um, really looking forward to it. I do know some of the story beats and everything, but you know what? I'm just really looking forward to it. You know, I I, I, get, I, 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 I just think the advertisement, the advertisement, I, I think you still need no. to advertise. Sure, but I mean, I guess he was just wanting to, I guess, maybe do a social experiment and just see. Sure. Uh, but again, it's not like it was an unheard of movie. Again, it's Studio Ghibli, so it's, you exactly. know. Exactly, that's exactly right. Like, like it's, you know what, he, if he was so fucking confident in this stupid strategy Go do a movie that's like with not that animation house. Do do a live action movie where, where no one knows he's the director and do no advertising and see how you go, pal. You know, he has so much goodwill and word of mouth based on Studio Ghibli. Me, who's seen one film, knows them. You know, I know they're very highly regarded. Actually, I, I'm pre- I, 
it's probably just my South Africa, but I think it's Ghibli. Whatever. Ghibli. Yeah, guess what? I don't Ghibli. care. I couldn't give a fuck. I watched How's Moving Castle, which is based on one of my favourite books of all time. It was very good. Mm. I've always... Oh, I, no. That, no, no. Studio Ghibli is fantastic. I've always been to watch Spirit Away, but I'm just a bad human being who hasn't done it. Um, oh, dude, dude. Do yourself a favour, though. Watch the uh, Princess uh, Minoke one. Yeah. Uh, you will really, really I like need that. to... Like, um, I was saying this to Ray today. I need to make some fucking changes, man. Like, seriously. Like, he was saying to me how he's going to start reading some of the modern X-Men, and I said, man, I'm going to make some fucking changes in my fucking life, and I'm going to watch... <laughs> I'm going to read some of those recent X-Forces, and I'm going to change shit up, and I'm going to watch Spirited Away, and I'm going to watch this Gundam Vietnam thing, and I'm going to watch Princess Whoever... You know why? Fuck it, why not? I, 20 years I've been meaning to watch that movie. You know what I mean? 20 years, dude. You know, people have done fucking less time for murder, you know? And, and, and I've been sitting here thinking day after day, oh, yeah, I want to check out that film. Well, guess what, man? Uh, you know, maybe now's the fucking time, by the way. But it's time to make some fucking changes around here, you know? Um, why not? Yeah, we'll see. Um, I've, well, you know why? I'm on such a high energy because I almost finished Great Hunt. I've been reading this book since 1990, man. Seriously. And then I fell asleep. I fell fucking asleep when they found the fucking Horn of Valley. And I was like, have they found it? Like, did I miss it? Like, and then it was like, oh, it was in a drawer. Oh, okay. Wow. Jesus Christ. Like, you tried really hard there, Robert Jordan. They broke into a house that was in a drawer. Maybe he, just, maybe he just needed... He was like, you know what? I just got to get to it. <laughs> I'm just going to fucking get to don't it. Don't have time for the shit. I got to move along. <laughs> <laughs> and the fucking... Funny More important things to do. More important things to do. Come on. The funny part was, my last memory was before they... It was kind of... It's kind of a Japanese-themed kind of, like, house. You know, with the, the geishas and the sort of, like... I don't know how you describe it. Like, the screens instead of walls. That kind of weird kind of thing. They're in there... And this chick rolls by who's dressed in barely anything and they can see all her ass and stuff. And like, and that was my final thought before I fell asleep. I was like, oh, yeah, and there she is. And then one of the guys was saying, oh, you can see everything. And I was like, mm-hmm. Dave was like, yeah, nice. And I fell asleep. And then they kind of round the corner and it's in a drawer. And I was fully asleep, just dreaming of the chick in her, like, you know, see through negligee. And um, yeah, that was, that was what happened. <laughs> Robert Jordan. Well, you got so excited. You got so excited. Well, it was more just like I was falling asleep, and there was that, that image, and I was like, "Oh, that's nice," and I fell asleep. You know, just to that nice thought. And then the big story beat was like, you know, and then they discovered it in a drawer. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Fuck you, Robert Jordan." <laughs> um, anyway, um, some interesting stuff here. Adam, the computer, he sent me this Venom image, and I was just loving it. I was just going crazy for it. Apparently, it's from the new game. Um, the Spider-Man 2 game. The, oh, Spider-Man 2. Okay. Yeah, man. It's going to go fucking off. They're also making Wolverine, dude, as well. So maybe you need to get a fucking PS5, Rich, and get your life in order as well. Like, it's not just me who needs to make I some have fucking a PS5. Change. What the fuck are you talking oh, about? Oh, okay. Well, then maybe you don't need to get your life in order. You've got your life in order. Well, maybe I already have my life in <laughs> yes. order, Dave. I was just, I was just <laughs> loving some bombs, <laughs> Rich. I wasn't even maybe really... You, maybe you should get an Xbox X, Dave, and get your life in order. Well, I said I'm going to. Or, or at least an S. No, I will. I will when Starfield comes out, man. Get your life in order, mate. Dude, I'm I'm getting my life in order, man. I'm you know, <laughs> fuck. I'm trying to lock in. Watch for... Studio Ghibli, man. Get your fucking life sorted, mate. 
watch this film that I've been meaning to watch 20 years. By the um, way, yeah. that is my one of my favourite lines from uh, Shaun of the Dead uh. is when the, when the housemate goes, sort your fucking life out, mate. I just, I don't know why, I just love that line. I enjoyed that film. Um, it's a shame that the guys become kind of annoying to me. Um Simon Pegg. Oh, Simon Pegg. As the years have gone by, he's increasingly more annoying. Oh, to be fair, not many of them have. Yeah, yeah. He takes himself very seriously now these days. Like, he thinks he's quite the actor. Um, And I'm just... Yeah, well, everyone who's made a name for themselves now thinks they're the arbiters of what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw a thing the other day where he was going on about how he doesn't like fantasy anymore and he's far more likely to be watching, like, um, a Scorsese movie than watching these childish, you know... Things and I was just like, "Fuck you, Simon Pegg!" Like, <laughs> I was just like, "Seriously, can, can a bus run over you?" Um, anyway, oh, this was this was funny. Um, Marvel confirmed Rich a new She-Hulk series is to launch in October. Um, so yeah, Ooh, wow, I'm so work. excited! I mean, I like She-Hulk, but I I just guarantee that Marvel will just do it shit. Um, this was also funny. There was a Gargoyles movie. Reportedly in the works with Kenneth Branagh to direct. Kenneth Branagh from Thor, Hamlet, etc. Um, but you said it's been debunked, Rich. Well, the creators come out and said, "Yeah, there is, he's, there, that's not a true story. That's some false or misinformed reporting." The creator of Kenneth Branagh was it God? Yeah, the creator of <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. God came out and said it's for fake news. <laughs> He's like, yes, I do. And I said, I did no such thing with my creation. <laughs> yeah. Firstly, uh, you know, it's nice to announce my existence to the world. And secondly, Kenneth Branagh will not be directing Gargoyles. Good night. Um, Resident Evil's original Wesker returns for a new documentary. This was interesting, actually. Um, Pablo Kuntz, who voiced the villain in the first of Capcom's survival horror hits, is back for a documentary on Resident Evil and George Romero. George Romero is apparently... That I will watch. Yeah, me too. I think that sounds interesting. Uh, Resident Evil, the Umbrella Corporation, am I right? Well, they're the people that uh, fuck shit up, yeah. Yeah, there was a really cool thing, uh, a block down from where we were at our old place. Someone had a car. I may have said this on the show before. They had, like, a white car, and it had the Umbrella Corporation, like, insignia and stuff on it. It was really cool. Like, it was really understated, too. Like, it looked like just a normal corporate car, and it had on it the insignia for Umbrella Corporation. I was like, that's a cool person. I was that's very, cool, yeah. I was, I, was, I was super impressed. I was like, yeah, I want to get something like that on my car. Except mine wouldn't be tasteful. <laughs> mine would not be tasteful. Mine would be, like, the Turtles or something. <laughs> turtles. <laughs> turtles are party wagon. <laughs> I was impressed by the restraint, which I would not have, you know? Um, this, is, this is from Mitchell, Rise of Kong. Skull Island Rise of Kong is a new action-adventure game, Rich, starring King Kong. It will hit PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC later this year. Uh, the game has been developed by Iguana B, and it's a third-person action-adventure game set on Kong's home turf, Skull Island. As the name implies, you control Kong, presumably before it becomes king, to take out dinosaurs, massive snakes, and other creatures vying for the top spot on the island. That sounds actually pretty cool. Yeah, you're King Kong, man. It's where, where, where it all fucking counts, you know? Depends on how good the combat is. Could he have, like, a pesky Mario, like, causing problems? Oh, that's <laughs> that's Donkey Kong, isn't it? It's not King Kong. <laughs> I was getting too confused. <laughs> I got it too confused. I was like, I, for some reason, I knew I knew it was wrong, but it, but it was like I was thinking 
couldn't but yet, Mar- in your head it sounded so right. Yeah, I was like, couldn't Mario turn up and cause some havoc? Like, we could have a crossover. And then I was like, as I said it, I was like, actually, I think these are two separate properties that just feature... I um, think so, Dave. ...apes. Um, uh, are we supposed to be sad about this next new piece of news? Heavy Metal Magazine has been cancelled, Rich. I've never read it in my life, to be honest. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's a little sad. I mean, it is a bit sure. of... You know, I mean, they've been around for a long time. They have. Um, they certainly have, yeah. Heavy Metal, you know, so... Look, I mean, it's not surprising, but it's still sad um, that, uh, you, you know, it's just, again, it's like sad when mad, you know, kind of stopped. It's sad now. Yeah. I mean, if 2080, that would even be fucking sadder. Jesus so, Christ. You know, I just said, if a lot of these, like, old, like, really cool, because you've got to remember, like, stuff like Heavy Metal, 2080, mm. you know, those were, like, the counterculture, you know what I mean? They were the, you know... Um, sure. You know, for the the people that were sort of like against the establishment kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, sticking it to the man, sticking it to the government, uh, sort of thing. It was rock and roll, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. It's a bit sad to see it go, but uh, you know, it's nothing nothing worse than an aged rock and roller. Well, yeah, they all wind up there, don't they, man? Like the Who performing, you know, their fucking pay the IRS you know, tours and stuff. Uh, they're all about sort of drugs, rock and roll, and then when they get all, they're all about uh, uh, Chateau Marmont and uh, stocks and. So true. <laughs> So true, Rich. Um, yeah, that's so, so true. Uh, this is funny. Lando's head writer. If you recall, Kathleen Kennedy back in 2020 said there'd be a Lando series. Head writer mm. Justin Simulan has not heard any update on Disney Plus series since the 2020 announcement. He's heard nothing. Crickets. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, um, dear. Sound of Freedom has crossed $100 million rich on Wednesday. It made almost the same amount of money wow. as Mission Impossible. So that's interesting. No international figures on Box Office Mojo. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this film. Yeah, yeah, we were discussing this last week. I'm definitely, yeah. it's definitely on my radar. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's going to be a hell, well, not really fun, but it's going to be justice, man. Finally at last.
Weekly Comics Rich. Um, oh, Ma- yeah. Michael Kellersham, he recommended OMAC 1 by Jack Kirby. Um, I'd never read this. Great recommend. Yeah, great I'd never... Recommend. Great that. recommend. Crazy recommend. Um, and, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm that person who's never really read any of this stuff. You know, I do know who OMAC is from when they did it in, like, Infinite Crisis or something. So I did know vaguely who they were. I thought this was really cool. I've got to be honest, I actually really thought it was so weird about the Build-A-Person or whatever it was, Build-A-Friend, um, and, like, the way it was literally, like, Build-A-Friend, like, literally it was, like, an action figure, like, kind of, like, tore apart. Excellent. A really interesting. Um, by the same token, I can't say that I was like, man, I need to read more OMAC. I was like, wow, I had a little taste, and I was like, yeah, that's really neat and cool. How did they sell? Did these sell well at the time? No, unfortunately, I didn't. I think it was a bit too oddball. It's. I would have thought um, it's it's oddball I'm, now. I can't imagine how this was in like nineteen seventy. You know. Yeah, it's one. Of, yeah, it's one of those things where it's always been sort of in the zeitgeist, and yeah. they have tried to sort of like launch it a couple of times. Very much like it's almost like the new gods. You know what I mean? Like. You know, there's been a couple of volumes and, and stuff, but the new guys just don't seem to uh, just, like, take off. You know, I mean, obviously yeah. Darkseid as a villain has sort of taken off, and, and sure. the characters themselves are popular, but just not enough to sort of keep a, a, an ongoing title going for too long. Um, I will say this, like, this just it just reminds me of your your boy, I think it was Busiak, who just ruined Omac. Um, Did he? My I boy? Know, I know he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, Busiak is not purpose. my boy. Are you kidding He's not even been on the show. I don't mind him, but like... Yeah, I thought, I thought you love his stuff. I thought you always like, oh, I love his stuff. I like his Conan. Because he did Checkmate and all that sort of stuff, I think. And he oh. turned like the OMAC into like these things that took over people's bodies. Dude, I've the most Kerbuzek I've read is uh, some of his Thunderbolts, which I like, and his Conan. Other than, other than that, man, I've got no idea what he's doing. I mean, he's so. What Kurt Busiek did it really? No, did you oh, think no, sorry, Greg, Greg Rucker? Rucker. No, yeah, Greg, Greg Rucker. Rucker Greg, there you go. Greg Rucker is my fucking Greggy, boy. Greggy ruined it. Greggy ruined it. Oh come on, man! I'm I'm not going to stand for that. Yeah, his 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 version of Checkmate and Omac and Brother I was just horrendous. Really? Absolutely horrendous. I've always been to read it. Really. Oh, I'm sure you would like it, but then again, you don't really have any history with Omac and Checkmate and all that. Stuff, no. So. Yeah, I, I reckon I would like it. Yeah, Greg Rucker is my boy. I'm glad you got the name fucking right there, man, at the end of the story. I was like, keep using it. Oh, you know what? You know, I, when, when, when people ruin things, I tend not to remember them. I just <laughs> cut them out of my life. You know? Greg Rucker has had a lot more hits than misses in his career, man. He's had a lot of hits. Well, this is so. definitely a miss. Well, I can't, like, in all honesty, like, honestly. I, I don't it, put all the blame on him. I do blame DC. I, In all honesty, even though I'm giving this 8 out of 10, I, I don't when I read this, I think this is like a one off story. I don't think you know, I want to read like a lot of OMAC. It seems like it's it's like a Twilight Zone episode or something, you know? Like honestly. Not everything needs to be a hundred issues. I, I love it. This is um this is Kirby at his best. Really? Yeah. What, I, than... I love when Kirby gets to draw and write, basically. Okay. Like um Yeah, I, yeah. I, no. I, I love his designs. I just his designs are fantastic. You know what I like about it? It's so crazy. And he's so talented as well. 
And it's so crazy that, that like, honestly, I couldn't care less about OMAC. But I read this, and I'm like, it's actually pretty cool. You know, like, it's so nutty, and it's so earnest in a way. He's all in, man. I mean, this guy, fucking Jack Kirby's all in on this concept. He's All the chips are on the table. You can't help but admire it, you know? And, and believe you me, I couldn't give a fuck about OMAC. You know, I, I, I've never understood what it even is. Now I kind of do, and I sort of still don't. But, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's 8 out of 10. It's cool. It's not something I would want to read forever or anything, but, like, I'm like, it's fucking cool. I'd love to know how people at the time were responding to it because it seems very out there. But I guess the druggies would probably like it because it's so conceptual. Um, well, it, you know, I, I, I've, got, I've got a recommendation for you. Um, this is actually a four-issue mm. OMAC that's actually done by John Byrne. Okay. Um, it's basically just his little... Um, well, pick it for uh, the show one day, man, because I'm not going to read it's, it. It's, I believe it's, it's all black and white. It's a little bit oh, more... Um, what? Um, uh, no, no, but like black and white, like um, uh, like Conan and, and 2080 yeah. black and white. Like it's yeah. not, it's the John Byrne style. It's, so it's, it's, it's a bit right. more like apocalyptic. Okay. Like Rogue Trooper or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's more like that. It's it's not like it's not done in the Kirby style. All right. Like well, okay. I mean, fair enough. I think you might like it. It's a little bit more darker, a little bit more. Mm. Um, Makes sense. A bit uh, you know, post-apocalyptic kind of science fiction. And kind of ticking a few boxes like. there while you're talking. I'm liking it. Well, Rich, you know, one of your picks, pick yeah, it. Yeah, I man. probably will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm giving this eight out of ten. It's crazy, but it's also it's crazy fun, basically. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to not enjoy anything Jack Kirby though, because you just have fun. I agree. I, I I agree. Looking at it as much as you do reading. One thing I never knew, because I because like, hey, I'm just a bad human being. I've never gone back and read all the original fucking fant- Fantastic Four. I've just never done it. But one thing I never knew was just how crazy Jack Kirby obviously fucking was. His imagination. Like I always thought he was like the grand old man of comics and like you know Mister fucking smokes a pipe and just pounds out the pages like but then you actually read his stuff and it's like man this guy was out there like really out there like it just oh he, his imagination was just so not fettered do you know what i mean like yeah he, there's something that they teach you when um when you do art and all that sort of stuff right is uh-huh. when you do art you need to be you you kind of need to channel your inner child right sure because when you're a kid, you don't care if things look a bit silly or if you didn't quite get the proportions right or if something looks realistic or if the design look makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's something we do as adults. Mm. Adults, we, you know what I mean? We think, overthink things, we think things. But I think like Jack Kirby just could should just switch that off. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And he could just let his inner child go fucking nuts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And just be like, whatever, if it looks cool, you know what I mean? It's in my head, it looks cool, I'm going to fucking draw it. And uh, as adults, we tend to sort of go, oh, am I doing this right? Does sure. that look, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what I try and remember sometimes when I do my drawing. It's just like, fuck it, man. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Who cares yeah, if a definitely. beard doesn't quite look realistic or if it's a bit stylized? It's fun. It's, you know. Oh, I totally and agree. Style, so. And yeah, and I don't pretend to be an art critic, but I, I think his style, and this is very sort of, you know, sort of typical of his style it's so nuts 
that I, I love it. Like it's very earnest. And, and I'll tell you what, I had a um I had a I had a uh, like a collection of Superman from this is the nineties, you know, before everything was a trade. You know, you remember the days, Rich, like when that when only like Dark Knight and Watchmen were your consistent trades. You know what I mean? Um, but I did have a trade that was like the greatest Superman stories ever, something like along those lines. And it had in it but it was a very odd style of selecting. So they selected an issue that had the first appearance of Darkseid, which was, I believe, in the Forever People. And it was a very bad selection to put in a Best of Superman. But by the same token, I read it, and it was Jack Kirby, obviously, but at the time, I didn't really know who that was. And I was just like... I, I remember reading it, like, going, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> I was just, like, so lost. You know, but, but also so sort of in awe of... Obviously, you, you felt like you were coming into chapter 53 of a 2,000-page story. It had that feel. But um, it was so bewildering, but also, much like this, so sort of um, earnest is the only word I can use to describe it, so into its own vibe that I thought, honestly, even though I did not understand it, and really didn't even like it, I was very, I was very impressed. And I've always thought of that. When people said Jack Kirby... I didn't realise that was the same guy who had done Fantastic Four or whatever. Like, I was like, oh, okay, wow. This is, um, it always made me think, yeah, that was really out there. And I can't imagine that your standard Superman reader from that period of time, which I believe was early 70s, would have necessarily gravitated to it because it was very odd. You know, it was the forever people, the sort of space hippies on their sort of uh, trikes or whatever the fuck they were driving, uh, you know. It was just all nuts, and the dark side didn't look like dark side. He was way smaller, but it was dark side. But if you can imagine, like a miniature dark side. But I remember reading it, and just I reread it quite often because this collection had a lot of great stories, and this one really stuck out. I think they put it in there because it was the first appearance of dark side, and I always thought of that uh, as no, it's not. But, anyway. but it was an early appearance, you know, early. It was, yeah. it, it was his, very his first. His first appearance was in Jimmy in Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen because that's where all that a lot of that stuff started. Well, you know what? This might even have been that. It might actually have been that because I, that rings a bell. Actually, now my point is, it was it was right around that well, okay. time. No, no, no. So I think that may have been his official. Right. Like the official thing was forever people, but but his actual first appearance was. Okay. Jimmy Olsen, but All he right. was officially introduced in Forever People. Like okay. That. Well, my, anyway, the point of the story is... But you, you are right. You're, you're yeah. still fairly right, yeah. Yeah, my, the point of the story is 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 that I was just very much in awe of obviously mm. a guy with a lot of vision and talent and just really going balls to the wall in what is, uh, you know, a big two comic book, a Superman sort of title. And, I mean, I was a pretty advanced reader you know i read a lot it wasn't like it was my first comic of all time and i certainly read and even i was like wow this it felt very alien but also quite kind of cool and i i, I just I, I sort of i i always remember it because i'm sort of like it you know some people will tell you there's two ways to look at that some people will say that's not what big two comics should be but i'm like well slow down a sec check yourself before you wreck yourself because this was a lot of wild concepts. And by the way, DC have fucking milked it, that fucking cow dry. So even if that particular comic 
wasn't um, a massive hit at the time. Man, they've bled that fucking well dry with Darkseid over the years and, and that whole, mm-hmm. you, you know, whatever you call it, like the, the sort of hierarchy of the new gods and that aspect of the DC universe, which I assume he created. Man, oh, they've... and Marvel have their own version, which is the Eternals. Yeah, yeah. also tried to... Yeah, to and they've going. gone... And believe you me, they've gone back-to-back back with that kind of stuff. So he was clearly onto something, you know. Um, interesting guy. Interesting guy. And I guess it's a shame, almost, that people get so caught up in that whole Stan Jack thing. Like, you know, it's boring, to be honest. Because, we, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. We, we, we've heard it all a million times. But, hey, pay some attention to what this guy did sort of left to his own devices as well because he clearly had some fucking fuel in the tank. You know, he had a maybe a point to prove. I don't know. But, like, this guy was creatively, you know, right up there, I think, in terms of, like, visionary creators, artists, concepts. You know, this, this guy was cooking some serious fucking gas, man. Like, you know, he was really... He, he had the real stuff. It's, that's all I'm trying to say. And, and and by no means is this gonna. This isn't some sort of Stan Jack thing because because I love them both anyway, and and probably love Stan more because I'm much more familiar with his stuff. But hey, you got to give this fucking guy some major fucking kudos, Jack Kirby, because I don't give a fuck about Omac, dude. You know, I don't care who's writing it. It it's to me, it's just whatever. But I read this issue and I'm like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. You know, like it's and it's out there, and I'm glad DC obviously for a couple of years gave him license and said, "Yeah, come on, you know, fucking hit some stuff out of the park, man." You know, and mm. I'm glad it happened because I think we're I think we're the richer for it as comic book fans. You know, yeah, and but um, it is tricky. I know, I do know that you love Stan, and obviously I do. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot I admire about Stan as well, but. I'm going to be honest with you. You got to remember, Stan was also a little bit hands off, and he kind of let the artists. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, I'm, do I'm, the stories. Yeah. No, no, because Jack Kirby, a lot of characters that you know and love from Marvel, like such as Galactus, yeah. Ego, the Living Planet, you know, uh, Fing Fang Foom, you know, the, a lot of the even a lot of Fantastic Four stuff. Well, that was all created by Jack Kirby, not. Um, yeah, no, I know. Uh, dude, I know. Not, not I, I, I'm, yeah. You know what? I, I will say this. I think, I don't think Jack Kirby actually liked superhero comics that much. I think he loved sci, uh, sci-fi. I, I agree. think that's why a lot of his yeah. best work was Fantastic Four. And when he ever did his own stuff, it was stuff like New Gods. It was stuff like Omac. It was stuff like totally. um, yeah. Eternals and all that sort of stuff. I do think he, honest, he loved sci-fi. And that's why he tried to bring as much sci-fi into his... Uh, his comics as possible and all that. Oh, shit, he did MODOK as well, yeah. Dude, he was um, bombastic, big ideas guy, yeah. you know? Like... But what I love about him is that I think he had no fear. He didn't care whether things made sense or looked right as long as they looked cool. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think yeah. his guiding mythos was, does it look cool? Did he create Captain America or not? Was that uh, He co-created Captain America. With yeah. Joe Simon, right? Is that right? Okay, so he that, man, that's so that's way back in like the forties, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So he. Uh, I think get... the original Human Torch may have been him as well. I think maybe. So by the nineteen seventy-ish, when he's doing like Forever People, Jimmy Olsen, and New Gods and whatever, like I mean, he's been in the business for like a good thirty years, at least. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So, oh, yeah, yeah. Most, a lot of that work was done at Marvel. Uh, he, obviously, a lot of his early career. And then, you know, he, again, doesn't feel like he was being treated well. You sure. know, uh, obviously, Stan was taking a lot of credit for a lot of the stuff. Oh, I that, think he so had he some was, very justified uh, grievances. Like, totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. he went over to DC, but then I think his stuff, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he felt like his stuff was um, doing well there or oh. maybe, you know... Um, also, maybe issues, and then he went back to Marvel eventually. Yeah. Um, and that, and he pretty much finished his. And then I think he did kind of some independent stuff as well. Um, and okay. then uh, unfortunately, um, passed he, away. He but, did. Uh, um, yeah. He did a um, a, a final New Gods thing called Hunger Dogs, I believe. You know, mm-hmm. in the eighties. I I know kind of more of what he did than having read it myself, because I must admit, I do find it none of it, like, it's weird. Like, I have a weird relationship with it. I do find it very interesting, but I also kind of have a limited capacity to sort of absorb it. I don't know. It's He's very bombastic, um, which is cool. But, hey, if all he'd done, I know he did shitloads. Like, I mean, this is a guy who created Captain America, for fuck's sake, or co-created him. and then Oh, I mean, oh, he co-created Captain America, Fantastic Four, Thor... Yeah. Hulk, like I mean, he's literally responsible. His designs. Did he do Hulk? Stands, was Hulk him as well? Responsible for most Marvel stuff. So he did Hulk as well. Incredible. Uh, yes. Wow. We stand, right? We stand. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I said. Uh, I mean, him and Stan wow. uh, co-created a lot of the that new That's Marvel. Nuts stuff when they were trying to compete with um well i i was actually i didn't realize he he did he did hulk right wow hulk that's the thing like you know that, that's the, that that that's the part that it's hard to wrap my head around like if you just said all he ever did was all this new god stuff even that would be hmm. impressive but then you're like he created hulk and the oh, fantastic and, four and, and oh. uh, not your favorite character but also black panther <laughs> iron man yeah, well, they kind of... He Doctor created Doom, Iron Man. Yes. Wow. Wait, now, Dude, basically, him and Stan yeah. launched the entire fucking... Um, so, yeah. A Marvel line okay, back in and, the day. Answer like, me this. Answer me this. Because I must admit, I, I mean, I know they did, but I, I guess I just, I just forget. So, with Iron Man, okay, which is like in the 60s, yeah, with the storyline of the Vietnam War and he's in the thing and blah, blah, blah. So when you say created, like, what's the process? Like, does he? I imagine he doesn't stay in Iron Man for long. Does he just do the first issue? Is it kind of like Len Wing creating Wolverine? He he creates the um, he designs it. You know, kind of. I mean, I think he works on a couple of the starting issues until they find um, yeah. artists and, and people to take over. But uh, like, <laughs> like, do yourself a favor, right? Oh. Um, just go on and just look up, you know, like yeah. uh, characters created by Jack Kirby, right? Now, That's again, tough. it's created, co-created. It's a bit of a mixture, right? Mm. But there's a... It's, it's, it's a lot, man. It's like yeah, probably it's like a hundred. Well, dude, the guy's a major fucking talent. And I think... That's the thing. I think we all know that. And, you know, and I always remember him from that forever people stuff and I was like what a weird fucking guy but cool and then you're like oh he created Hulk and I'm like well Hulk's one of my all time favourite fucking characters like honestly Mm -hmm. and it's like wow if if all you did in your life as a creator was say oh I created Hulk I think a lot of people who are comic fans would be like well fucking hell yeah let me buy you a cup of coffee man like 
you know, maybe mm. buy your meal. Oh. Like, you know, we haven't even we haven't even touched on the the X Men stuff, man. He created co-created Magneto, Juggernaut. Wow. wow. Um, Kazar. Jesus. Um, he created Magneto. Kang, I believe. Wow. Magneto, man. One of the all-time greats. Listen, almost anything that you know and associate with Marvel was co-created pretty much by um, so uh, Stan and Jack. So, it was Stan and Jack. Wow. So, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? And and some of the stuff, like Fantastic Four, he did stick around on. And Thor, I think. Because I remember, I don't know if it was with you or with yeah, yeah, Stu. Yeah. Maybe it was with Stu. We did a Thor issue, uh, like, trade. Uh around one of the movies and and I was really impressed and apparently it was towards the end of his time at Marvel and I was really impressed by it and I did not think I was going to like it you know because uh, some some of that stuff I'm just I, I don't know I just have a hard time with some of the really old stuff but I was I remember being really impressed it was with Surtur and all that kind of stuff it was around it was probably around the time mm-hmm. of that Thor movie uh the one with Hela and all that stuff. I don't. I don't know what movie that was, but like you know, it was. Oh, uh, Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I think it was Ragnarok in the comic with Stan and Jack. I think that was it. Yeah. It was, and it was really good. Like really good. Like so much better than I expected. And I think he was testing out a lot of concepts too. That I think there was some similarity to some of the stuff he would do at DC. Like he was testing out a few concepts. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting guy, man. Interesting guy, and 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 well, well deserved to have a panton on. If you're doing a Mount Rushmore of comic book but, people, he's on there for sure. But the, but that's why I sign like as much as I respect Stan, right? Mm. And I have admired the stuff he's done. That is kind of the one thing that annoys me about Stan is that almost like even you are shocked at like what he created all these characters like yeah why do not well, more people know that dude, the, like, re- the, 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 re- the reason for that is easy um really honestly because of stan. <laughs> yeah it's stan and, and and this guy died in 85 or 6 or something okay. stan was always the salesman and he was always the face and long after jack kirby died he stayed the salesman until the day he died stan was the salesman so yeah. that's why i mean you know I don't get it. I don't care that much about the debate. Like, I think they're both great. And the fact is, one of them was just a better salesman, and he was the face. And, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> he's the guy in every guess, fucking ad. I guess it know? is more so the artist in me where I'm just like, that sucks that, like, I know, like, sure. sitting here that, you know, yes, Stan is responsible for, like, the creation of the Marvel comics that we know today. But 50% that goes to Jack Kirby, who literally designed and co-created like literally every character you you know and love today sure is from also the mind of jack kirby true it is uh, look the, it's just the simple answer is that like just one of them was just the ultimate salesman probably one of the best salesmen ever in the entire industry ever you know <laughs> yeah, and and he outlived him by a long time so he got stan had i remember early 80s Spider-Man, you know, comics. And, and I didn't read a lot of comics, but, I, but my friends did. And I get my hands on them. And I was always, I remember saying to my dad, who's this guy? Like, who was always around, you know, like in promotional photos. They're like, he created Spider-Man. And I was just like, you know, always in my head, I was like, what does that actually mean? <laughs> like, like I, I'm like, is he his dad? Or like, he, like, and I'm a kid, young, under 10. And I knew who Stan Lee was without really understanding who Stan Lee was. You know, I'm just like, he he was, and that was in the 
early 80s and he only you know if anything like became you know more of that sort of thing so that's hard to compete against you know you're competing against one of the best salesmen ever and <clears throat> he lives until what a couple of years ago and i mean dude in his dying days he was still turning up in marvel um cinematic universe stuff so you know it is what it is man like i mean people i think sometimes get a bit bent out of shape about it but i would more than be happy to hear about financial rewards rather than anything else because these you know i i would i would hope the estate is seeing substantial monies rather than the whole debate you know like the debate about who's who did what uh, they both did a lot you know really at the end of the fucking day but as i said but it's hard to get people like you say you care about the money but it's hard to get people to care and fight for that if they don't even know that there's another fucking person involved Sure, but the, um, but it's known. Yeah. Like if it was in a court of law, it's known. It's a known fact. You know, it I mean, yeah, you said it's known, but I'm sure there's lots of people like you who also don't even realize sure. what Kirby has created. But if it came to a, if it came to a, if it came to a Supreme Court kind of thing, it, it is easily proven his you know contribution. The, the fact that no, my, but I just you know, mean maybe more people would fight or, or push Marvel to do that if they actually knew. Sure. what the actual split and, and co-creator, like, sure, sure. you know, is. Yeah, I'm sure to a judge it would have to be explained because you are right. Like, my mother would know who Stan Lee, Stan Lee is in a very vague way. You know, she knows who he is without really understanding it. Jack Kirby, sorry. No. <laughs> like, no idea. You know what I mean? Like, my sister yeah. knows my sister knows who, who Stan Lee is because she's watched a fair few of the Marvel even though, But that is it, even though, which is so sucks because when you picture Captain America, you're picturing Kirby's creation. When you picture mm. Fantastic Four, you're picturing his creation. When you picture the X-Men, Magneto, mm. Mm. you know, you're picturing, you know, Iron Man, you're picturing his creation. And it, that sucks that the image that comes to your head that image you, you only associate with Stan Lee. When the image that is in your head is because of Jack Kirby. Mm. Yeah. But part of that is like, I mean, you know, like it's like um, if you're in a sports team, dude, you know, someone's going to have all the accolades and, and be, the, be the, you know, be the superstar to the public with I, the crossover. I, I understand what you're saying, but it's more accurate to say like you've got a doubles tennis team, but yet only, for some reason people only remember the one player. Well, it's generally, <laughs> like, it's, it's the more marketable. Yeah, someone might stand out and you can't, you can't remember all the names, but you're talking about a tennis ta- you know, duo team. I kind of feel like you should probably it's, remember both. But it's, <laughs> but it's it's one was more marketable and did a lot more to market himself. I guess. Yeah. Well, it is. like uh, there is a re- The reason Stan Lee is so, so, so well-known is primarily because of Stan Lee. You know, like he just, he just was that guy who just never fucking stopped. <laughs> And he was so connected to it. Like, and I give him credit. Like, you know, like, and did he shamelessly take too much credit? Yes. I, I, don't, I think it's undeniable. It, you know, did, did Stan Lee take more credit than he probably should have? Yes. Did he also do a lot, though, to promote the characters and everything like that? Yes. Like, I mean, it's like, it's a double-edged sword, man. Like, he was the ultimate salesman. And, you know, yeah, he took a lot more credit than he, you know... Probably should be more 50-50, but unfortunately when it's just one guy who's the face and people know him and he's embedded in culture and he did a lot for popularising the it doesn't exist. 
Well, yeah, I mean, but like, even when the even when the internet became a thing and it was well known, like well known amongst comic fans who Jack Kirby is, it's well known. No, but but my point is, by then the damage is done. By the time the internet comes along, and it's you know. Yeah, but but I would even ask, is it damage? And it's almost set in stone now. You know what I mean? Of like, yeah, stands the name is associated with it. Well, it's Stan the Man. I I don't know. I, I I just also do feel though it does come back to, like the personalities of the people. Like, Jack Kirby was obviously nowhere near as comfortable in promoting himself as Stan Lee. Like, clearly. You know, like, he had plenty of opportunity to be that person, and he wasn't that person. Stan Lee was, like, the uber salesman. Most people in life are nothing like Stan Lee in terms of the ability to be a self-promoter, which is what he was, basically. You know, especially if, like... Dude, name me fucking Stanley comics after 1970 that he had an active hand in that were popular. Not too many, you know. Like, mm. so he did his best writing in the 60s, and after that, his best work was in promoting Marvel, the Marvel line, and himself. Really, did it very successfully. Most human beings couldn't do that, you know. But he did. That was, you know, that was his talent. That was his gift. Jack Kirby was a completely different personality. And, you know, it's not really even a question of fairness. It's just like, unless you're willing to put yourself on the line and promote and promote and promote and be so successful as Stanley was at it, like, you just can't compete with that. Or you can compete and you'll lose. And it's kind of like the the victors write the history books too. So Stanley won the public relations war. He's the one who in essence, tells the story, which the story is that he's kind of like the superstar. And Gary had a lot of help from Jack and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it certainly becomes a lot easier when you actually run in the fucking company too. And your your word is all there is. Yeah. But I I don't know. I just, I, I, I think people get so fixated on that. And then it's like, pay more attention to the billions that are being earned. And the pittances that are, you know, not pittances, but like they were, you know, the people who cut the checks to the <laughs> Kirby estate, you know, yeah. which 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 Stan is responsible for too. Yeah, Stan's definitely Stan's definitely yes, culpable in that sense. Yes, I agree. I see that there. I agree more. Did, did, didn't even have the decency to pay them hush money. Yeah, no, they, I agree. There's a lot more culpability there. For sure. It is what it is, man. Like, you know, it, it, in, in essence, I always think worrying about the history is less important than ensuring a better deal kind of moving forward. And also for the estate. Like, you know, they're still making money off these creations. Now, it's not like Hulk isn't going to make more money, you know. So there's still money on the table. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's kind of more the point now, I think. You know, and I think there has been mm, not a reckoning of Stan's legacy, but I I do feel that like there is more more people than not who know about comic books know a bit more of the story than they probably did know twenty years ago. You know what I mean? Where Mm. like that's that's thanks to the internet. Thanks to the internet, yeah, and you know, it is what it is. Like a lot, of some of these stories start coming out, especially when <laughs> it people wasn't start thanks dying. To Stan. <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, look, as I said, in essence, did Stan take a lot more credit than he probably should have? Yes. Did Stan also 
honestly, in my opinion, did he, how can I say, not do a lot at times to uh, sort of heighten, sweeten the pot for the others? I'd agree, yeah, he also didn't do that. So it's kind of like he has some... It's not just he's blameless here. No, Stan, I think, in taking so much credit and being so involved as a publisher and everything, he, I would say, minimised others and probably minimised some of their payouts. You know? Yes, definitely. Did he do everything he could to ensure a better deal across the board for the writers and creators? No. You know? You know, but it's a double-edged sword. Did he do a lot to promote the industry and the characters? Yes. You know, it's... it's well, a- again, he couldn't really fight for them because then he would have to admit that uh, he didn't create it all by himself and, mm. and, and have to pay them accordingly, so... Yeah, yeah well, um, you know, it's, it's in the past now. It's a mix. Nothing, nothing we do to change it, it, sadly. It's a mix. What I'm trying to say is it's a mixed legacy of like hits and misses and this and that. And, you know, I, I certainly think Jack Kirby has every right. He's a state to feel slightly aggrieved, for sure. I, I, I think that's undeniable. Uh, I think most people who look at it objectively would say that, you know. It's the extent of it and, you know, all that is a different story. But. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I'm, I'm 1,000 billion percent behind his estate dragging Disney all the way and getting as sweet a deal as possible. Like, 1 billion percent behind that. Um, you know, and... Would be nice. Definitely. Now, uh, you know, we've spent a long time on fucking Jack Kirby. Well, but, only because we're going to brush over the next one. Yeah, Blade. Uh, like, I honestly... I'm going to make this comment right now. I may never read a Blade comic again that is released from now on. I might read some old stuff. This, I, I thought to myself, someone sent me a, a review of it, and I thought, yeah, okay, we'll check out Blade. I like Blade. I fucking love the Wesley Snipes movies. Yeah, I'll check out this. Man, what a poor fucking comic. And get, when I say poor, just so below average in every way. Very basic storyline. Honestly, I could have written this in about 10 minutes. I honestly could. Having written three books, seriously, this was basic. Basic Blade. And the artwork, for me, was horrendous. And if this is the best you could do, Marvel, try harder. Blade deserves better than this. This This was a 3 out of 10. This was poor from everyone involved. The writer churned it out. The art was subpar, very poor. Um, I, to be honest, I, I three quarters of the way through, I just deleted it off my iPad. I was like, I can't. I, I've read enough. Like I, I expected this to be so much better than it was. Um, I, I felt this was well. I mean, poor. they're a bit late to the party, but it seems they're finally trying to uh, capitalize on that Twilight fad. <laughs> um, uh, like we're twelve years too late. Yeah. Oh no! This is definitely a uh, a very sort of um, I don't know even how you describe it like a millennial blade. I guess like <laughs> even his outfit he's wearing was so fuck like you know Twilight like oh my god I'm so cool. dude it was so fucking uh, lame dude like you know, and the art was, was no just... jacket there was no you know fucking trench coat like um, it was all very poor and the art is one of the um, this is where, like, this this comic was a perfect example of why I have massive issues with a lot of the 
the uh, modern art is um, like the digital. Uh, I, I use I use digital myself, so it, it's not it's not uh, digital is not the problem. It's how people use the digital, right? Right. Digital allows people, if they are lazy, to be lazy because you can basically just take three D assets, bring them in, trace them, and and you're done, right? Bang, mm. bang, 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 bang. But the problem is, it leaves it feeling very um, empty, mm. um, devoid of style, uh, clinical, feeling mm. very clinical. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, very photoshoppy because there is no style in this, right? A blade comic, you know, and one again, it's too bright. Blade should be much more darker, and I'm darker. I just mean shadows, black and white. Mm. Um, uh, richer shadows and all that sort of stuff. Um, this is done by someone who does digital, but is super lazy with digital. Because, as I said to you uh, when we were discussing this um, earlier today, I said it's like when you draw something, it's it's never perfect, right? Mm. Especially if you're drawing freehand or you're drawing from you know imagination or even just from reference material. It's never going to be perfect because you're always going to get a line wrong or mm. your perspective's not going to be slightly, you know, 100% perfect. You're probably going to get something a little bit wrong. But all of that just adds the character and, and the style and, and sort of shows you the talent. When everything looks too, as I said, clinical, mm. perfect, like, you know, it's just, you can tell that it's you done. Use the, you, you use the term uncanny valley. And it's kind of it reminds me of that uncanny valley where your brain just your brain might not know what's wrong, but your brain just goes, "There's something about this picture I don't like." I also right? felt you know, maybe you're not an artist, you don't know how digital works, but you just look and you go, "I don't know, man." There's just something. Also, though, something about this doesn't feel right. Uh, okay, yes, and I'm not an artist. Okay, but I have read a lot of comic books. Now I am looking at something on my iPad right now, and it's the death of Captain Marvel. I don't know who draws it. Um, maybe it's Jim Stalin. Okay, so Jim Stalin. Now, I, and by no means am I an art expert, and and I, I'm looking at this. It look I'm looking at a picture of Captain Marvel against you know a space setting with a sun or something, and it all looks like someone drew it, Rich. You know, someone sat down and drew it, mm -hmm. and I'm telling a story, and I'm like, yes, I'm flicking through it, and I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, and it all look. I'm looking at a picture here of Thanos in stone. Captain Marvel and some other people, and it looks cool. It looks like something like in a Conan comic or something, you know, like you know, a Savage Sword. It looks like someone sat down and drawn this, Richard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. And, yep. And my and I'm like, cool. I'm not looking at it going. This looks like like real people. You know? Yes, it is what it is. Looks good. You tick. You know what I mean? I'm like, yes, the artwork gets a tick. I, I understand what's being told. Whereas this blade thing, as soon as I looked at it, I thought computer. I thought cut out people on in front of cut out sort of buildings. I think you called them assets, and it all felt like a stick up book, like a pop up book that you used to get back in the mm -hmm. childhood, and very plastic is the best word I used to describe it. Also, also, can I say this? It didn't actually look good either. Like, the actual art did not look good. So, for all the technology involved and all the people saying, oh, this is just the way we do it now, oh, yeah, it's all so much easier. Because it know? has no character. Yeah. It, it has literally no character. It didn't, yeah, exactly. It didn't help. The story was extremely basic. That didn't help either. But I've read some basic storylines, even this week, with with decent comic book artwork 
that at least you're like, yeah, it's fine. You're like, it's it's good. It's content. Whereas this, I was like, man, this sucks. Like, and it, it just feels low effort. Uh, just churn and burn. Put it out there. It's getting a three out of ten. I may never read a new Blade comic book again if this is the best they can do. <laughs> Marvel, you should be ashamed. This is fucking woeful, basically. Yep, I do not disagree. What with are you giving it out of ten? Any Rich? of that, and uh, three out of ten is yeah. literally the perfect score. Fuck them, basically, is my Just attitude. Fuck them, Marvel, CB Sabalski. Uh, whatever his name is, Brevoort, whoever the fuck wrote this, and whoever the fuck supposedly drew this, and I question the, that that term, um, it's more like they fucking cut and pasted a lot of things on their fucking computer, you know? And, um, yeah, not happy. Nope. Not happy at all. Now, Rich, we have come to our trade of the week, Age of Apocalypse Book 1. Um, wow. I I got to say... I've never. I oh, will say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you do the build in to listeners about Age of Apocalypse. I I knew about it. I knew that it was a year long cross uh, not crossover. Um, kind of like event that was like an alternate reality where Apocalypse took over. Whatever. And I've heard it a million times. I've seen the action figures. I bought some of the action figures over the years. I've always wanted to read it. I own the omnibus. Of course, I own the omnibus, Richard. Um. But I never read it. Never read a single page, actually. And I said, well, let's do it. It split over four books. Um, this is like an uh, almost like an intro uh, kind of collection. Uh, I almost questioned was, should, why should this have been book one because this is kind of like the side stories. But nonetheless... Definitely should not have been book one. Yeah, it was a, yes, I agree. And I'm glad that I, I, I kind of knew what it was. Now... But I really loved this. Now, Rich, can you give listeners, give us context. Tell us, explain what the Age of Apocalypse was and explain what it meant to the Marvel line at the time because I think you were there on the ground floor reading this at the time. I will, do my, I will do my best to remember. Mm, um, so essentially, there was a, sto- a short storyline called Legion Quest right? where Charles Xavier's son, David, um, I think he comes out of his coma or whatever. He was the insane one, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he like the big long guiles type hair and all that. Anyway, so he he believed that Magneto has caused so many problems uh-huh. with his, his family and with Xavier and all this sort of shit. He's the root cause of all that. So he goes back in time to kill Magneto, but he accidentally ends up killing his father Charles. Uh oh! And that basically changes the timeline where Apocalypse actually like attacks or launches his sort of takeover 10 years early oh. kind of thing and all that but it means that he ends up succeeding <laughs> and so now he basically has taken over the world Uh-oh. most of the humans have been killed off and then enslaved and you know uh, put in a camps this is bad news for like, everyone who's not an apocalypse like wannabe you know or clone or whatever yeah yeah or, 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 or even if you want to be it doesn't matter it's whether or not you it's, it's whether or not you can survive whether you're fit enough strong enough to survive. You don't just get in because you're like, hail Apocalypse. Can I ask a question? Um, Where was no, Apocalypse? Now, the only person that can remember is Bishop, because Bishop oh. is already a time traveler. So it's kind of like the world changes around him, and oh. then he kind of, is, is, his mind is a little bit fragmented. Mm-hmm. Um, he can remember that this isn't right, but he can't quite remember, you know, exactly what the issue is and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And it's just about them sort of getting him back in time to stop david from 
um, killing Xavier and putting it all back. Now, the entire line of X-Men books changed for this event, right? So yeah. all the titles changed. Uh, but I think they kept the same numbering, but the titles changed. And they oh. basically didn't use the X-Men that much in outside books. Right. Um, they kind of like, you know, separated them for the event of the story so they wouldn't just show up and um, and be in other books. So, going on. okay, this is where I got confused. So in this Age of Apocalypse world, basically whatever heroes, like non-mutant heroes, are generally either killed or just not around. Yeah, or, yeah. You know. they, yeah, they are gone. But in dead. the, in like... I think this happened in like 95 or 96, but in 95 or 96, like Captain America would have had his own book doing his own Captain America shit, not involved with Age of Apocalypse because he's in the normal Marvel universe, right? Is that right? Like the, the other books, like Spider-Man, Captain America, whoever else, they weren't interacting with the X-Men, yeah? Uh, correct, yeah. So like, yeah, they, they, they like, yeah, uh, no X-Men showed up in any other books. Yeah, but it's not like Captain America was in the Age of Apocalypse, his book. He was in the normal Marvel Universe. Is that right? No, no, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. Okay, because in the Age of Apocalypse, they all dead. Yes, basically. and, and like, that's what I didn't understand when I heard about it. I always thought, oh, wow, so for a whole year, the whole Marvel Universe was like this. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. But it I, actually would have been pretty cool, but no, they didn't go that long. They didn't go yeah, that yeah, that would have been cool, but it also makes sense because I, I, I've got to say, Without having read it, like, ever, I've always thought, A, what a daring move, but also what a brilliant move, and doesn't it show you how massive the X-Men were to be able to do this? Like, that the line, something so radical, you know, because Marvel, I believe, at this time were almost, you know, in the toilet, and the only titles that were selling were the X-Men books and the Spider-Man books. I mean, we've had this on the show multiple times, like Spider-Man and X-Men, they kept the lights on at Marvel, you know? This is well before Marvel Studios, etc. Like, Marvel were really, you know, starting to struggle. But um, Age of Apocalypse, what a brilliant, like, we, we really got to get some of the people involved, and a lot of them are still around, um, your Scott Lobdell's, your Howard Mackey's, your Terry Kavanaugh's, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, a lot of people who I would love to chat to, frank, frankly, and get get the ins and outs of it all. Now, this particular uh, book one, I, I question making this book one. It jumps in, like, not only does it jump in, like, you know, feels like midway through a story, it's a lot of tangential stuff. Like, it's not, like, where, where the fuck is the issue that explains what's happening? <laughs> you know, like, did they just um, wake up and it was like this, or what? Um, yeah, so th this this is a, 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 it's a good read, it's a fun read, but it's not a great way to start off the series because it kind of spoils some of the surprises. Right. Um, because, um, the, the fun thing about it is, okay, so uh, I've got, again, I've got the build-up, I've got Legion Quest, I've got the comics from Age of Apocalypse. Mm. When you were reading it, it was so cool to get the next issue. And, and again, the event starts with, it's Bishop, and he's, you know, he's bald, and he's in like, you know, uh, mm. kind of like a, not like a homeless man, but like a ragged sort of mm. outfit with a hood and all that. And he's trying to make his way to Magneto. He can't remember exactly why, but he just, he needs to... Mm. 
needs to fix something. He needs something needs to be fixed and all that sort of shit. And um, you know, when you get there, you get to see who the new X Men are. You know what I mean? And cool. you're like, what the fuck, Sabretooth? You know, and it's like yes, it was so yeah. cool to just like week by week sort of get like the the books and just be like, wow, oh wow, now it's this and and that. And I kind of feel like this book kind of spoils some of the characters. Like when you see Cyclops for the first time as oh, as awesome. actually like part of the bad guys. Dude, that's really cool. But I, now you already know in this that he is a bad guy, and you're like, oh, okay, that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I gotta say, I thought Cyclops' designs awesome. I picked up the Legends figure of Age Apocalypse Cy- Cyclops the other day with the long hair yeah. and the and the and the, yeah. and the thing. And um, I love like in general there there was some some artwork that wasn't as great, but in general I love the artwork as well. Like this is really to me what I think X Men comics should look like. A lot of the time, I, I I just feel like that that everyone always talks about um, this stuff almost negatively, like about how the nineties went too far. But I think it's a really no. su- sweet spot, no. man. I I I, I got to say, I, I honestly I love my X Men, and I'm so glad that I have not read this because I'm experiencing it for the first time. And yet, I've read a lot of X Men, so I'm not completely lost. You know, like I, I, I get the basic concept. Once you once you grasp the concept, and just spending time with these characters and seeing like Weapon X Men, like Logan, and he's like lost his hand and yada yada yada. Now, I'll tell you something funny. I saw an interview with Larry Hummer, who, as we know, had a long run on Wolverine, a great fucking run on Wolverine. He said the most fun he had was doing the Weapon X, the five-issue Weapon X. He said that was the most fun mm. on Wolverine that he had. He loved it. You know, and, 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 and I can't... Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to get to it, because in this one we see uh, he links up with Gene, um, and, yeah, he actually ends up leaving with Gene. He leaves Magneto because of um, some infraction with Magneto, some dispute. It's still Logan. It's still mm. a hothead, man. Like... And, how and then did he... he still gets cock-blocked by Cyclops. What, what the fuck happened with his hand, man? Like, because it's just... Cyclops blasted it off. But this is what I'm saying. Like, why, in book one, do, do they put that there when clearly it happens later? Like, you know, I don't... That's what I don't understand. Like... It's it's like who decided? Yeah, let's put this issue in where Wolverine talks about his lost hand, which hasn't even fucking happened yet in the book. Like one minute he's got his hand, the next minute it's like he's really angry, and you know it would have made more sense to put the issue in, which has the storyline of how he lost his hand. Wouldn't you agree? Um, I think they do cover it in the main books, though. Like, there is a flashback to that in the main books. But in this collection? Not know. this collection. No, that's There's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, but, but when they're... When it's they're... really cool because... Um, yeah, so... I, I know that it is explained in the main books because that's how I know that uh, Wolverine took Cyclops's eye, mm. his one eye, and Cyclops took his hand. So I see. I know how we know how it happens because it's 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 is, said and brought up and is that in Weapon X? Is that in Weapon X or or is that in something else? I can't remember. I, okay. I don't. I can't remember which book it's in, but okay. it is in a book. I also really thought um, one of the neat storylines was at the end the Blink storyline where she goes into the negative zone. I thought that was cool. Yeah, Nihilus. It's all right. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty fucking cool. Like. 
She goes, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Look, I know I'm saying like I'm shitting on it, but it's just that this is so pales in comparison to the actual main <laughs> well story. We're like, gonna do book I, two you know next I mean? week. It's... We're gonna do book two next week, man. Like I know. I was just. I'm just so. I just want to get to that. Like because that's okay. the good shit. That's the meat and potatoes. This is like the the starter soup. <laughs> okay. Well, David you know got I mean? like David got very excited by the starter soup. Um, it is good. It is good. But again, you you haven't read the main stuff yet. So yes. If you haven't even tasted the main course, you'd be like, mmm, this soup is delicious. I'm just like, oh, man, I know the main course. I taste it is. I can't wait for that main course. Let's just get through the soup. So tell me this. Um, flashback to, like, 95, 96, Rich. How many titles were you picking up per month to stay up with this? Because it feels like there's about a million titles that have tossed at you. It Was it like... Uh, I was picking up all of them, actually. Um, so basically... Um, X Force became uh, Gambit and the Externals. Oh, uh, right. So they changed the was things. Still, yeah. Excalibur was still called Excalibur, but just spelt differently. And mm. Kurt was the leader of that. And he had a mission. Yeah, Wolverine became Weapon X. Um, uh, Generation uh, X became Generation Next. And that was led by Colossus and Kitty. Mm-hmm. Um, Colossus is cool uh, in this. Colossus is cool in this, yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, well, you haven't seen him at his coolest yet, because um, mm. uh, he, he's got a cool new uh, outfit in. Well, he has the bandana the kind of over his head, doesn't he? Yeah, but you haven't seen him in the actual like Generation Next, like right, okay. that artwork. He's like fucking massive in that. Like he looks cool. so much cooler. Cool. In that, um, then the, there's still the two X Men books. One was led by Rogue. Um, who is actually Eric's wife in this. Mm. And then the second X-Men team is led by Storm and Quicksilver, if I remember correctly. Cool. Um, oh, and then there's X-Man, which is like the cable book, basically. Uh, it's the, it's the, the, this, this version's Apocalypse of Nate. Mm. Um, very, very different to, obviously, the cable from yeah. the main timeline. Um, yeah, and how crazy is Dr. Sinister? Or not, is it Mr. Sinister? And yeah. he, he's nuts. He's but he seems pretty similar to normal Mrs. Sinister, in my opinion. Seems like. Oh god, yeah, no, 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 no. He's well, he hasn't changed. He's still doing all his fucking experiments and gene. And Dark Beast is pretty and, crazy. Yeah. I like seeing Dark Beast. I, I'm actually going to get his Legends figure. I, I, and I, the really I weird character, who is an original character, I think in this is Sugar Man. He's nuts. He's really fucking weird. Yeah. He's a, he's a builder figure in the Legends uh, thing. You can get builder figure Sugar Man. Sugar Man is fucking nuts. Do you want to say that? Mm-hmm. He is a, he is as evil as evil gets. And I tell you what, if we see him in the MCU one day, but you know what I was thinking, man? Like, having read, like, I know this is a starter soup, but Dave's excited. Dude, how about a fucking either animated series of this, like a season-long thing of this, or movies of Age of Apocalypse? Come on, man. You know? Like, it's a big Animation, story. Animation, absolutely, yes. It's a big story, dude. It deserves a big canvas. I'd love an animated Age of Apocalypse, like, season. Like, don't, don't give me it over one episode. Give me a season of this. There's so much material and and Actually, I wouldn't even yeah give me a series man yeah please 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 oh fuck oh Jesus Christ you know it'd be really cool if they you know they're doing the new X Men cartoon now that Canary's on from yes um the the nineties one oh if they could do a season like just like they did in the comics where for a whole season it becomes Age of Apocalypse 
Yes. Storyline, and by the end of that season, it comes back to normal. That would be outstanding. And I read, by the way, uh, some I did some research, and apparently the X-Men animated series episode inspired Age of Apocalypse in the comics. Did you know that? Um, there's, one? there's an episode, I watched it last night, where uh, Fitzroy and Nimrod travel back in time. Oh, yes, yes, I know that one. That's with Bishop and his sister yeah. and Wolverine and, and an alternate Wolverine, Wolverine and, and Storm. Storm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yep, I know the one you're And apparently about. just the kernel of that story, and I don't know to what extent, but the kernel of that story inspired Age of Apocalypse in the comics. Yeah, well, in that one, yeah, the Fitzroy and whatever end up killing Charles before mm. he forms the X-Men and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's not the same, but I can see that... I can see that that that's where someone's gone. Like, hey, that's an yeah. interesting idea. What if Charles, before he formed the X Men, how would the world? Yeah, yeah. So I can... it's All cool. Running with it, and Apocalypse is Apocalypse because Apocalypse was not cited in this book. He mentioned many times, but not cited. No. So in this one, it's a it's a new it's a new type of robot. What? What do you mean? That's uh, where Nimrod came from, if I remember correctly. Oh, what do you mean? Him, I think I'm pretty sure it was Nimrod. But where's Apocalypse? No, there's no Apocalypse in that in that storyline that you're talking about that inspires it. There's oh, no, no Apocalypse. No, I know. Sorry, I mean in the comic. In the comic. Oh no no he hates him man. He's he's the big bad guy. Like he's oh. just the big bad guy they got to defeat. They got to okay. get through his, his generals and minions first. Okay. Does Dark Beast put up a big fight? Because I like Dark Beast. He's a crazy bastard. I know he actually ends up he ends up uh, somehow escaping to the the corrected timeline. Yeah, because there's a storyline. Him, him and Sugar Man actually end up escaping. Yeah, I, I like that because isn't it the storyline the Dark Beast manages to masquerade as like real Beast? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, there is a yeah that does happen later yeah, in the, in the comics. <laughs> Dark Beast is such a bastard. He's such a prick. <laughs> like he's but what's hilarious now is normal Beast is almost as evil as Dark Beast. You know, like oh fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget about forget about happy go lucky beast, which we all know, like bless my stars and garters. Suddenly we've decided, like, and I'll say it again and again. Marvel, you already had Dark Beast. Did you forget about him? <laughs> <laughs> they certainly did. <laughs> It'd be so funny if they find out that Dark Beast is just locked up, normal beast in a cupboard for like the last five years. It's just like, hey, look, considering that Marvel is very big on recycling stories and events, I wouldn't put it across them to do it again. <laughs> exactly. Now, Rich, I'm giving this. I know it's starter suit, my friend, but I've got to give it an eight point five. I really enjoyed it. I, I and 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 we're gonna do book two next week, and then we're gonna take a breath because I think it's a lot to to get involved. I've got a, I've got a new score for you. What's that? Seven point nine. <laughs> 7.9 are you giving it, Rich? Yeah, I'm giving okay. 7.9. There's okay. some fun stuff in there, but it is also a bit like, it's an anthology book. It's, sure. You know, stories are like, oh, yeah, that's fucking cool. And some stories are like, oh, yeah. It's like, I could see this baby being like a an end book. Sure, I agree. Where you're like, yeah. hey, you've just, you've just had the event. Here's some extra, um, totally you know, uh, Tales of Apocalypse shit that, you know, gives you a bit more context and backstory. I would have been absolutely fine if this was uh, the fourth book. 
But yeah. not the. F- I just feel it's weird that this is the. F- I completely agree with you. It's just so weird that this is the first book because you have no it's context. A, it's a very odd You're decision. Like, what the fuck? There's no. There's no build up. There's nothing that explains <laughs> to you about the Legion killing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Like um, like shows it to you or anything like that. There's no explanation of. It's just so weird that this is the start. Like Who, whoever ordered can't... whoever ordered this book together, who you know selected it, it should have lost their job because. Honestly, they make the building to Age Apocalypse so incredibly hard. I had to ask you all these questions just to just to kind of know what was going on. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, there's just no lead-in. There's just nothing. It's just like, good luck, kids. And as you say, this is the book. Like, I'll give you a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles example. The ultimate collections of the, the black and white, the hardcovers, they're beautiful. There's like about eight of them. When you get to number eight, in the collection, it's like sketches, it's, you know, all tangential stuff. It's, it's it's interesting to the hardcore collector, you know, but it's not book one. You, you don't start book one out with, like, the, the, the sketches of the storylines and some commentary back and forth, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, stuff that really only hardcore collectors care about, you don't put that in book one. You put that in book eight at the end of the line, you know, as the last piece, the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Here you go. This is the extra stuff which is really only of interest to the hardcore turtle collector. Your normal turtle collector, when they read the Ultimate Collection Book 1, want the beginning story, where it all started, boom, 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 the classics, play the classics, play the hits up early, and get them in, and that way they'll buy Book 2. This Book 1 felt like it was put together by almost like a random computer program. It was just like, yeah, yeah, snippets, 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 here, there, and everywhere. And, And even though I enjoyed the Blink story... Blink's four-parter should not be in book one because it was very much a fucking very tangential story about Blink, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. But, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, in the words of um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, um, don't bore us, get to the chorus, you know? That's well, the- mate, just wait until you read even just the first issue. Cool. Well, of of book two, Just awesome. The way it sets it up, you're gonna even scratch your head even more. Really? When you say, "How the fuck did you not start this as book one?" Honestly, you're gonna go it and go. Yeah. That's why I said I just can't. You just don't get it. I just I, I just don't get it. I fucking I, the the first issue is such a brilliant. Yeah. Build up. It introduces all the characters: the X Men, Dark Beast. Cyclops, Havoc, Apocalypse, you know what I mean? Like, it just yeah. sets up everyone and everything well, in, dude, like, the first Well, dude, you know what? Like, I still enjoyed the start of Soup, and it was fun, and, you know, at the end of the day, I, you know, it was cool, and, you know, I yeah, hope... Yeah, but book one should be in your after-dinner mint, man. Well, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> you know what I'm going to do in the intervening week? I'm going to go down in storage and get my Age of Apocalypse omnibus out of storage and I'm going to see how that starts because I pray to God it doesn't start like this book one because these book ones were the epic collections not epic collections but they were called the book one epics or something and um, mm. hopefully whoever ordered the the fucking um, Omnibus did a better job of arranging it but regardless book two is where the real storyline kicks off which is hilarious oh. and by the way the art you haven't seen anything yet man the yeah. art in in almost every single issue or title yeah is is great like awesome. um 
you know, I mean, Joe Mad, uh, Roger Cruz, like, oh my god, like the 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 art is also what made fucking um, the such a great yeah a uh, great event. Like, oh my god, nineties really was some of the really the best like um sort of new art. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, it's very fresh guys that would just sort of come in now making a name for themselves. You know, um, uh, like your crews, your Madieras. You know what I mean? Like, I just, oh, oh man, I can't wait for you to read it. Honestly, that's why I said to you, you know what? I, I, this isn't this book one's not enough. I need to, <laughs> I need to read book two, like just to, just just to get a, a taste of it again. Yeah, man. Well, we're gonna hit book two next week. Um, look, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. This show, man. We've covered a lot of territory. We've covered a hell of territory. I want to say thank you to listeners. Um, there's one way you can support the show. There's two ways. One, tell a friend. Two, hit the Patreon up. Support the support the Patreon. It, it goes towards show running costs. Um, you know, and we love doing the show. But um, if any assistance we can get from the audience, I, I deeply appreciate. Um, and yeah, we can go deeper. We can dig deeper. And Rich is gonna find out all this stuff about like you know what's happening down at this fucking symphony thing you're going to, Rich. I mean. By the way, I, I thought you were going to say the uh, step one, tell a friend. Step two, tell another friend. Step three, tell a third friend. Well, sure, you can do that as well. But also support the Patreon. <laughs> but also support the Patreon. If you're doing all this telling... That's step four. Step four, yeah. Um, yeah, look, we're proud members of the collective, obviously. Inner Demons of Brian B. Already been mentioned. Ray, shout out to Ray. Uh, they've had a new child, him and his wife. Um, I want to say all congratulations. our congratulations to Ray and, and his wife and... God bless, and it's just fantastic. He's building the legacy. Uh, I've told him he's now got two kids to brainwash into Moon Knight and Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> I, I think, wouldn't it be fun to make one Moon Knight and one Spider-Man? You know what I mean? Like, just totally brainwash them. So each of them is just like, Spider-Man is number one. The other one's like, Moon Knight is number one. Um, just a parenting tip, right? Just just something that I'm just throwing out there right now. Um, you've got Last Sons of Krypton with Connor. Um He's still punching episodes. You've got uh, Capes and Lunatics. I will be appearing on Scarlet Spider with Phil and potentially Lilith and others, I believe, um, this weekend. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Always a hell of a lot of fun um, doing the Scarlet Spider stuff with Capes and Lunatics. Really enjoy that. Um, you've got uh, Ghost Spider Groupies and others, man. You've got a lot of stuff happening on the collective. Rich, any final thoughts for listeners out there? Final thoughts? No, that sounds too... Final, man. Final. Like the end. You know? The end. This is the end. My only friend. The end. <laughs> Jim Morrison from the 60s, man. The West is oh, the best. Oh, right. yes. Forget that the is, rest. That is correct. Yeah, man. Like, oh, man, I used to love the doors, dude. It used to help, though, if you had a bit of chemical enhancement. You, when you do? To them. How come you don't love them? Why don't you like them anymore? Well, I don't get as stoned as I used to get, man. And I believe you me, when you got really stoned... Doesn't mean you can't enjoy them anymore. I enjoy them, man, but not as much as I did back in the day when you were really baked. and They'd come on and it felt like their songs were going for like 25 minutes. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I still like them. Of course I like them, but nothing... To be but... fair, everything felt like uh, 25 oh, minutes. We used to listen to When the right. Music's Over, and we and this song feels like it's been going on forever. <laughs> all right on that note i want to say thank you and good night good night fantastic show rich we just killed it